Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about waiting through 20 years of Typhoon. <laughs> I'm your host, Fen. <laughs> Joining me is... I'm your co-host, Ben Enns. My pronouns are she, they. Wait. And we are joined by the titular rascal themselves, Bloot. I am Bloot, they, them. You're the rascal? Today, apparently, the first volume of Fate Zero with Acts 3 and 4. Or episodes three through five, depending on if you're a Philistine or not. But first, we have some tea to sip and some decidedly not Yuri to talk about. It is Yuri tea time. Who's the Philistine? Ben. Anime only or manga only? Wait, there's uh, well, manga there probably only. is, a is manga. there a, is there a Fate Zero adaptation that's manga? There must hmm. be. There's gotta be. I just We're saw not. somebody posting about the Unleaded Blade Works adaptation, so that's what was coming to. Uh, eight zero manga. Um. Oh yeah, it does exist. We got a shout out to the uh, Fate Zero uh boys love Dojin only <laughs> readers. Actually, yes. Actually, oh, yeah, yeah. I I did see a post about the Fate Zero manga yep. yesterday. Uh, fourteen talking volumes. about. Um. They think it ends better. Uh, but it gets memed on for being too gory. Uh, please do enjoy. Uh, How does it end different? <laughs> dear, dear listener, please look up the cover to volume three, which is maybe the best. <laughs> um, He's so tiny. He's tiny. I gotta say, that Ishkandar face is really goofy, though. Uh-huh. No, I'm not saying it's, like, excellent. I'm just... Why? Okay. There's an extremely uh, Avenger-looking Kuritsugu on the cover mm. of Volume 14. Huh. Um, Avenger, infinitely more charismatic than Kuritsugu. Avenger, now there's my boy. <laughs> my perfect baby boy. If your boy is uh, moody and wields a sniper rifle and etc. Cetera, etc., cetera, that's not your boy. That's a boring man. <laughs> okay, we are here. That one was a little tortured, fan, but I support you. Well, this is the problem of trying to do jokes in an audio medium. Is that? <laughs> is that you can't make jokes about visual references? Yes, that that is also true. Watch us try. Uh, <laughs> but it is also the case that like I don't have time to sit with it and like workshop it. I have mm. to just go for it. And Off sometimes down. sometimes you start with 50% of a joke and it doesn't make it there and then you get called out by your co-host, I guess. Mhm. That's, that's just job. true love. Do we want to do a winter's tale first? We should just get the winter's tale out of the way. Yeah, we'll just... I I have a feeling that it's not going to take that long. No. Uh, no. Much like a winter's tale itself, which is a VN released in 2002. I think the version that we played was released in 2005. So, yeah. There's a postscript uh, that talks about a previous version that had a more uh, embarrassing postscript. And I'm so curious what that original postscript was. Yes. But especially because the postscript is just like patch notes. 
yeah. patch notes and a joke about chatting with uh the main character, which is really it's a really funny thing to do to be like, oh, I'm being a dork and talking to my own characters and with with the character who is does not have a sprite because <laughs> only one character has a sprite and that's not the character. Uh huh. But it does result in exactly one good joke, which is uh, uh, them trying to force the protagonist to show himself. And he's like, I'm too shy. Yeah. Um, this one gets a name. This is not protagonist on. This is June. Yes. This is a very class. Okay. Okay. We're, so we're talking about a winter's tale. This is a very classical, old-fashioned-looking anime girl to me. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. She's from a different The art era. in general just, like, feels much older. Like, positive, affectionate, I guess. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, the, there's a lot of, like, simple backgrounds, but the one of the classroom is 100% just a 3D model for drawing assist to, like, uh, as a drawing assistance tool. It looks exactly like the one that's still in Clip Studio today. <laughs> <laughs> very I think they just took a photo of that one. It didn't even do a paint over. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. What? This is translated by the Mirror Moon translator. Ah. Hmm. Huh. Well, uh, I didn't really have any complaints about the translation, I guess. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um. Okay. See. Okay. Yeah. Uh, very simple. I don't uh, think we even have to get that in depth in this. Boy falls in love with his, realizes he's in love with his uh, childhood friend. friend. That's uh, it. We got Sakurai yep. Kaede, and uh, I don't think we get a last name for him, but his name is June. Uh, it's like about to be winter break. Uh, they spend some time together. He right. starts to realize he has feelings for her. And then uh, they go out on Christmas Day. He gives her a gift and she runs away. And then the next day he tries to call her house and uh, she doesn't answer. So he goes to her house and she's moved away. Mm -hmm. And then he spends the rest of winter break in despair until he goes back to school and she's there because she did not move away. Uh, There happened to be another identically named family in one floor above (laughs) one floor below one floor below uh, her family that did move away. And also he called the wrong phone number by like a couple of digits. Yeah. All uh, while she was also out of town for a family trip. Yeah, she had bought like a, a book about Kyoto. And uh-huh. so he was like, she moved to Kyoto. And without even saying goodbye. But now she just went on a family trip to Kyoto. Uh, this is like... Uh, anyway, so... And then it's like, oh, she has feelings for him too, et cetera, et cetera. She got him a gift, blah, blah, blah. Um... Really not much meat on the bone here. Really making me miss the the high aspirations of the first two games. Yeah, yeah, this one really just feels like somebody playing with, I guess, the form and structure of a visual novel. Yeah. Just trying to, like, uh, there are several points in there that you can feel like they're written like they're supposed to be decision points if this was going to be built out to be something bigger. Yeah. But uh, like literally character will throw so what do you want to do mm-hmm. and then it's like uh, i'm just gonna do this like like almost the reaction after the question um and then like it does have one decision point near the end that does change one scene mm. what okay uh, what what present did you get her uh initially i got the mascot thing yeah, so Winnie I also, the Pooh, I, I guess. Did okay. You did, but you did do the stylish bag too, Blue? I went back for the stylish bag. Um, out of curiosity, I might have tuned out towards the end of the first reading. Does it actually end with the two kissing there? 
No. No. Okay, so after you finish playing through, I guess it tacks on the kiss to the end of the game. What? Yeah, so Wild. I went back through. The other thing you get her is a bag, which is like, yeah, I'm going to get her a fancy. I'm poor. I'm just going to get her this plain bag. Mm. And basically the same scene kind of plays out instead of him like trying to like pull on the pigtails type thing, grab the mascot back from her playing around. Uh, he's just like, oh, you're using the bag. I'm so glad, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it ends up with him like telling her to close her eyes and he kisses her. I'm like, that's oh, that's much different than I thought. So I went back yeah. and did the mascot thing again. All the mascot stuff happened again, but it still had the close your eyes thing huh. at the huh. end. So weird. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's tied to that postscript state change. Uh huh. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh. Basic. Okay. The first two uh stories in this, uh, the first two visual novels we played for this uh wonderful little year of visual novels that we're doing has really set a tone for me because every time this girl was off screen for 15 seconds, I was like, she died. <laughs> I haven't written my notes too. It's like she's like she doesn't show up until late one day, and I was like, she's dead, isn't she? And no, no, she she is perfectly fine. The boy Similar, sleeps but, a lot, and I was like, oh, yeah. he's dead, isn't he? <laughs> exactly. I, that was the one that had me like, so what's his health issue for this? What, what was, <laughs> hmm. That's very funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is... Uh, like, she, like, sneaks up behind him on their date and, like, covers his eyes, and I was like, oh, he's blacking out. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was actually a somewhat cute bit there of him just like, I only know one person that would like a childish game like this. She's like, so who is it? <laughs> mm -hmm. Refusing to let him go without saying her name uh i like that one of the backgrounds is just a picture of a mcdonald's <laughs> yeah uh-huh in the early yeah. 2000s there, there's um, a couple there towards the end that are just straight up photos like barely filtered or anything yeah that's that's good um this is this is the kind of thing that is like i would not play or even recommend this if it wasn't no. part of this jam no um 10k downloads though yeah i, yeah. I was a little I, surprised seeing that one i guess this is the thing is it is high quality for a dojin game of the yeah. era uh-huh but oh. this is the thing is every video game that gets completed is a miracle yeah right yep uh especially in this era before uh you have just like thousands of like churn copy games being like spit out on steam every day you know mm -hmm. what i mean well and yeah you said this was 2002 so like uh oh, it's three. kind of three okay yeah. still just kind of impressive having a nice little indie game you could download for yourself uh, up and available like yeah there are other shareware things and whatnot but yeah. Rather than having to go to Comicet to get a thing, like yeah, yeah, pick something up, download it. I played all sorts of things on Newgrounds, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess this is the thing: is it is also only like twenty minutes. Yeah, just mm -hmm. zoom through. Just zoom on through. Um, have a little cutesy childhood friend uh, story. The the protagonist's main attribute being is sleepy all the time. So sleepy. Uh it's fucking panda bear ass man yeah i so looking at it as like somebody trying out the form and structure i kind of wondered if that was uh, like them coming up with an excuse for just being able to end days whenever they need to yeah they, you do, they don't and have it the just kind of blew out sorry they they don't have the confidence to just like oh and i'm just gonna cut they're doing the like they feel required to have the the vibe of protagonist wakes up does stuff all day goes to sleep very yep. little of it is actually elided. Mm -hmm. You know yep. what I mean? 
Uh, uh, they don't have like the 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 like technical like uh, knowledge to like break free of that without coming up with an excuse. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. The one last thing I had a thought while playing it yeah. that I was like, oh. This would be so much more interesting if it was just their conversations walking back from school. Because they're slightly sad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, well, okay, that, but also that, that like, this is such a... The story is entirely predictable. Yes. And at least giving it a new format mm-hmm. of, like, if you're... Yeah, yeah. Giving it a new format, only seeing glimpses of their life, mm-hmm. uh, it would have been fun to yeah. to kind of... And, and yeah, and then you break out of it uh-huh. when she's gone and he has to go look for her. But the uh, day that he did not walk her home, I was like, ah, she's going to get into a car accident. <laughs> <Also>. Yep. <laughs> I was so sure. Ben and I was really just sitting here expecting to die. <laughs> um, I expect women to die. <laughs> I mean, fair, I guess. I will be disappointed for a lot of this episode. But I know that in some uh, eventually Fate Zero will have me. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, a midsummer's, a midsummer day's resonance might give this to you. Women die. I don't remember. Um, I know that there's one about. Okay, speaking about girls in a hospital. <laughs> let me actually one sec. Uh. We're done with Winter's Tale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my not uh, my least favorite of the three so far. I yeah. think we yeah. are going to have to rate these games when we're all done. Oh yeah. Hmm. Should we be doing a live rating? No, no. You want to just do let's, it all? Let's at least get through 2005. Yeah, and then we can rate all of that festival's games. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Very short. Let's see. Um, are you talking about next times or something? Oh, okay. Whatever it is, don't tell me. I want to go into these as blind as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think next time should be interesting. I don't think I've played this. Oh, okay. Or I may have, and I just don't remember. But it's still only an hour long. Yeah. Again, keeping to the promise of most of these being short. Yeah, yeah. I do think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Worst of the three so far. Yes, yes.
Okay, we are here also to talk about the end of uh, uh, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunnies Girl Senpai. Uh-huh. And uh, the entirety of, because it's a movie, Rascal Does Not Dream of Dreaming Girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, to me, I I guess, yes, you can still talk about the... It's two arcs. Yeah. It's... Yep. um. Or it's three light novels. Mm-hmm. The movie covers two. Um, I believe Blue. Yeah, yeah it covers two. of Dreaming Girl and of his first love. Yes. Huh. Uh, which I feel like you can feel because there's a conclusion halfway yeah. through the movie. And then it's like, and let's undo everything that happened in that last book. It's really funny. <laughs> yep. uh, it's much bolder to end a book uh, with one of the main characters dead. Oh, knowing. Oh, like, yeah. I was I was looking at Amulus just to be like, OK, like how many books are there? What do they cover? Uh, knowing that it covered two books made me feel like the the author was like, OK, let's end it here. And then fan feedback was, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, okay, we're rolling all of that back. So the is actually kind of funny. Um, when I was looking up the page count uh, yesterday, I think it was, I literally switched. That was the book I switched to, or flipped to the last page of. And it literally does just end with the incident of her dying. Um, mm-hmm. which I, I guess, do you want, do you want synopses on this stuff real oh, quick and yeah. just let's dig in about, afterwards? Or? The... I kind of wish we had finished the anime last time. I just talked about that all. You, you see why I was struggling there. <laughs> I know. I think we should have just done that. I, um, I mean, so, it's not a good... En- it's not a, like... It's, it is not it is, an ending. It's an unending. It but, is a setup so, for the movie. <laughs> like, but, like, so, not, like I, that would have been a good, better place to spot stop than to have to talk yeah. about that and this. Yes. It, and I real quick, let me just say this and then we can go into synopses. Uh, it doesn't feel like an ending and then a setup for the movie... That entire last three episodes is a mix of the current arc and setup for the yes. next one. So, which, with that mix of, should I just read the synopses for all of them and we'll just kind of see where conversation conversation takes us? synopses or? for this? Yes, I wrote them up. <laughs> okay, okay. I was going to say, because if you're reading a Wikipedia... No, no, no summary, I'm not reading. I'm going to make you uh, do it off the oh. top, but you wrote your own. <laughs> That's okay. No, I will send you my uh, <laughs> entirely too long I'm document. Run it one of those like teacher like <laughs> check for plagiarism essays <laughs> online sites. I think when I get to the movie ones, it'll be very clear. So, <laughs> arc four is dealing with Kaede Chan and Kaede San. Uh, Rascal does not dream of a sister home alone. Due to events that expose his and Mai's relationship, a childhood friend of Kaede's finds Sakata at school, whom Sakata has a lengthy conversation with and gently pushes her to give a strong consideration uh, as to whether or not uh, she would even want to meet Kaede after he's already told her that he doesn't think meeting her would be a good idea. Word salad. Uh, Kaede-chan, on the other hand, has her own ideas as uh, she has now put together a series of goals to complete by the end of the year, culminating with her return to school, with a lot of help from Sakura. After slowly working up the courage to return outside, they manage a beach excursion where said friend encounters them, and it is revealed that Kaede-chan has no memories of being Kaede-san. Uh, thankfully, they use the honorific much uh, rather than just the spelling. <laughs> and in fact, has to have Kaede and uppercase Kaede. <laughs> yup. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, has nearly zero related behaviors as textually Kaede-chan is her own individual person demonstrated by flashbacks showing her isolation from people trying to force the old Kaede-san's social bonds onto her and her family feeling 
and, and her finally feeling acknowledged once Sakada encourages her to write Kaede in hiragana instead of Kaede-san's kanji. After completing her to-do list, Kaede-chan collapses and Kaede-san wakes up in the hospital, which leaves Sakata alone to grieve the loss of Kaede-chan, as Kaede-san has none of her memories and there is no reason to expect she will ever resurface. And then separate from that, yeah, there's some other, like, setup and, like, house cleaning stuff, getting ready for the movie and making up for the kiss that was cut out earlier and mm -hmm. just extra stuff they just packed in at the end because this entire season was rushed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, like, uh, Sakata has, like, a breakdown over Kaede-chan, uh, the sister he's been living with for two years, like, disappearing. And then Shoko, the, the mystery girl, who helped him forever ago, appears to be his mom for a little bit, and then cheer him up, and then he uh, is able to face uh, his old little sister again. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, there's, like, relationship drama stuff with Mai because of that. And that mm -hmm. takes up most of the last of the last episode. Cool. This is, and yes, I guess this is, I think that Kaede's arc would be perfectly fine if it didn't feel like it was being rushed through. To like, get to it's like, stuff. it's like, okay, uh, anyway, here's, here's a little bit of her arc, uh, and we're done, uh, really kind of unceremoniously done with that. And yeah. so let's move on. They do kind of just yeah. dump her. She does essentially die and then yeah, is seamlessly like, replaced. Like Sakata grieves her as she is dead. Mai realizes he's going to be grieving her and also feels to some degree the loss. But the camera never focuses on her in a way for us to tell. Like, yeah, it, Mai is it mostly is... upset that he talked to another girl. Uh -huh. Yep. His sister just died. One of his sisters just died. <laughs> and uh, it, so, like, I, I think uh, on the last episode, you guys had mentioned one of the strengths for this has been, like, yeah, Kaede, we have seen her through all of this, so we have extra weight going into her arc. And, like, you have something similar with Shoko. But mm -hmm. uh, with the way they did the adaptation, like, there's a lot that's cut out. Like, there are two important scenes for the movie that are put in the movie that were supposed to happen back in Futaba's arc, and you're supposed to have been sitting on for several arcs now. Oh, um, I see. I kind of, I kind of wish at this point, like Futaba, Futaba's like syndrome arc. Um, very little seems to actually come out of that, like consequence-wise, for like yeah. herself, except for like her giving her hair. Well, uh, it. Well, yeah, you you have the aesthetic thing, but also like there's a mechanical thing of like the the two mind two minds reintegrating into one thing mm -hmm. that comes up again later, but it comes up in a way that makes as much as sense as anything else in the series. So I don't think you need yeah. the precedent so much. No. <laughs> so I really rather like they it, it would have been better if they had like still the Mai and uh, Sakura kiss that happened there, so you didn't have to cram that onto the end, and mm -hmm. you had some of the extra shoko stuff so you have more time to sit with that and free up some of the kaede side give more on Nodoka's arc because that book has a lot more about like mai's complications through the whole thing and you have a lot more actual interaction and drama or specifically sakata being the middleman between the two uh, like th there's a lot more meat to that one that's completely cut out that leaves everything else very compressed in bad ways <laughs> yeah so so 
there's a there's a problem that I brought or, or like a structural thing that I don't like about this uh, about <laughs> Bunny Girl that I brought up last time by comparing it, of course, to Monogatari, and yep. that is that the way that th- these things work in Monogatari is that teenagers weird things happen to them and supernatural things, and then usually what happens is they go back to normal after right most people have weird situations and weird uh, experiences and then are able to successfully reintegrate into society but there are gaping holes in the world that people fall through all the time and they just can't go back to normal right we see adults who are still just part of the supernatural because things aren't always that clean not everyone can be part of society Mm-hmm. Right. This is something I really like about Monogat today is that like, even if there is the thing of like, oh yeah, usually this this is a, com- uh, a a trope that I really don't like in media is kids get to have supernatural experiences and then adults go to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's really boring. As someone who is like uh, kind of on the margins of society, not in like as dramatic a way, but like definitely definitely in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't have like a office job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I just find that kind of frustrating. And Monogatari does something interesting with that by making it so that it's not an essential condition, right? Yeah. And so I was like, and Bunny Girl doesn't does seem to be, and then things go back to normal. And yeah. these two arcs did not change that reading at all. <laughs> yeah, I so watching this with you guys and also uh Catherine the server has been watching it i'm i'm realizing and remembering like this is five years ago now i'm mm-hmm. remembering and realizing this is what got me to watch monogatari oh, so i went the oh, opposite direction <laughs> so that's why that's part of like you guys coming in like if we're like, going I, the wrong way yeah exactly like, well, I like want, i want teeth i want someone to die and, and like they um, just kind of like disappears to make room for the normal sister to appear again yeah exactly and like uh like yeah the futaba one should be obvious but i didn't fully connect her to hanakawa like the sendra gahara yeah i definitely mm-hmm. did everybody was talking about comparing araragi and sakata and uh-huh. the main couples but like beyond that i didn't like fully pair them off the way or match them up that way uh-huh. But um, it's so funny pi- how much Futaba is just. Hanakawa. Oh yeah, I was so absolutely up about it when I was starting to like list compare like similarities. <laughs> yeah, the the longer you go on to list them out, the more she is just. Uh huh. <laughs> but this is the thing: is Hanakawa is seriously one of those characters who is like, oh, she's just not going to be normal after this, right? Yep. And uh, Futaba, yeah, she's like kind of a quirky girl, but <laughs> she's just a girl, you know. So to uh, further damn this series by comparing it to a better series, <laughs> um, what, Asterix, what, if you can ha- if you can stomach it. Uh, so comparing it to a better series, not Monogatari, standalone complex. Oh, because what? Yes, because what I actually like that leads up to and culminates with Kaede, and like. I'm also realizing how much more like I was shaking cruft off of all the extra stuff they put onto Kaede's arc to mm-hmm. to make this connection. Um, I forget. Have you guys watched Standalone Complex? I saw it on Adult Swim a few times a long time ago. I have a okay. broad picture of the first arc and a oh. like less clear picture of the second arc. So, ignoring second gig because it is completely separate, its own thing. Okay. Uh, arguably, fully bad. <laughs> But the the first season, um, the laughing is, stuff, right? 
Yeah, the first okay. season is dealing with Laughing Man. And so if you're watching and looking at what... So the, those episodes are split into two categories, which are standalone and complex. Mm-hmm. I think... I forget which one is which, but one is specifically building Laughing Man. And the other tends to be basically little cyberpunk thought experiments about uh, identity, individuality, personhood. Yeah. That end up building up so somebody has the language and understanding to know what they are talking about when they get to talking about what a standalone complex is. Um, So similarly here, if you look at the arcs and kind of what they are saying about personhood, uh, they all kind of stitch together to get to a point of like making sure by the book or by, by the series uh, ideas, there is no argument that Kaede Chan is not a separate person. Like she is full stop mm. a separate person. No arguments can be made about it yeah. because like starting with my, you have how the external world and social influences affect your personhood, your existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how to somewhat interact with that, which leads over to Koga, where she is explicitly influencing outwards from herself to the world for their perceptions of who she is as an individual. Mm-hmm. And then you get a little bit with Futaba of one person can contain conflicting ideas. And on top of that, like there is some sort of a core identity individuality that is internal to people Mm -hmm. that society can recognize and like you see that a little bit with koga finding her true friends Mm -hmm. uh and this is futaba like okay yes i recognize both of you are futaba you need to kind of reunite you need to uh come come to yourself somewhat here and then going from there to noraka and mai the entire reason why within not even a full minute of seeing Noroka as Mai walking out of the house uh, that Sakura's reaction is, who are you? Is because uh, Sakura is sensitive to this intrinsic personality underneath the skin because he's the one that recognized Kaede-chan as her own person. Mm-hmm. And so you have all of this that is built up to know Kaede-chan is Kaede-chan. She is not Kaede-san. They are separate. Like there's a very firm line there based off of what has built up there mm-hmm. so yeah, that's, like, that's why like the series there works for me specifically just because the conclusion to uh, it ending with kaide's arc I, I feel a little weaker of it once it goes past that yeah i guess the thing is that uh and maybe this is uh just me right is that the the fact that kaede the two kaedes do not share memories is pretty is like ob- obviously they're separate people then right because they're just they've had completely different experiences of the world right uh and they don't act the same at all or they do a little mm-hmm. bit but they don't sound the same they don't act the same it's pretty pretty clear what they are right the thing that bothers mm-hmm. me about kaede's arc is that they bring up an in like a kind of interesting thorny problem there and then kaede die- <laughs> dies and yep. then it just moves on Yes. I I think mm-hmm. something that also helped, like, I, I stopped reading uh, partway into Kaede's book because at that point I was just like, okay, what's different? What's out of order? How's it affecting mm-hmm. anything? I, I was so focused on all those nitpicks. I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't 
Mm, you know, yeah. so I'll go back to it later on when I don't have to talk about it, you know? Yeah, it does. But, podcasting about a thing does kind of suck the joy out of it sometimes, don't it? Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're, you know, doing, like, trying to read seven books in a month is is kind of a lot yeah. <laughs> when you're trying to do a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, that's a bit but, uh, too much. This is like oh, yeah. Ina doing an entire season of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, I fell to my hubris. Uh, Ina pushed through. <laughs> Ina, um, <laughs> Ina, champion of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing <laughs> yeah well, one thing that was really important though that i did get out of while reading through nautica's arc and why i wish it was pushed more is like for at least the first half of the book it would always make a comment of like uh one of the two sisters is trying to do blank but it's indicative of not being my my wouldn't do this or my would do it this way it, it was always like there is something under the surface that's wrong despite everything else presentationally being right yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess what they're going for is uh, it's kind of a tragedy, right? But like, yeah. there's just not that much to like sit with on it. Like the movie's not about her at all. It's just no. Kaede's song is just around. and It doesn't give normal. any time to it, really. Around. She's barely around. Yeah. So it doesn't it, really feel like a... The, the arc broadly works for me. It doesn't work as like a load-bearing thing the way that mm-hmm. it works. In, maybe, maybe, again, the books can be different. But the conclusion is the same, right? She like clears out to make room for the regular Kaede to reappear and reintegrate into society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like there's like 14 books. Uh, the movie ends on seven. And I think one of the other books that's out is also about Kaede, I'm assuming San. <laughs> well, listen, Monogatari also does remix like retellings of every exactly. single girl story. So, so like I, I kind of... It's kind of like in my head, uh, largely because I watched it before, you know, I watched it as it was coming out. Not the movie wasn't there yet. Like, I, I have this firm delineation of like, it stopped here <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that like, I don't know that in actuality, the series as a whole believes is there mm-hmm. and it might actually consider this kind of a blip and it, it might end up being like yeah. one of the typical, you know, the series really ends here. You don't have to keep watching it for me in my own headcanon. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like once you get into like 14 books territory, you know, like when you yeah, get into you light novels, really <laughs> fully full, you can't fully say 100% what a story is saying until you've hit the end of the end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. But like things like this, that it's at odds because each book needs to be its own thing and it needs to go on as long as possible, you know? Yep. So. I feel comfortable making uh making like readings of it at this point, even if like future stuff might complicate it more. It does feel a little bit like, uh, well, yeah, of course, future stuff is going to complicate it because you need to scrape out more idea- <laughs> ideas yeah. after a certain point. So by necessity, it has to get more complicated. Yeah. 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 The, the movie really feels like, OK, and we made a sequel, like whether or not that's how it actually came out, like for at least how I was going through it and experiencing it, it definitely felt like. Okay, and now for something else. That's interesting because it really doesn't feel like an ending to me. I like. F- yeah. I watched the the stuff with Mai at the end. I was like, man, you know his well, sister it- just died, right? You could you could cut him some fucking slack for his ghost girl ex girlfriend showing up. Yeah, it it felt weird and rushed. Uh, like at the time, like I know there were a lot of lingering questions and everything, but like you put six months or a year. <laughs> yeah. There, like it it kind of solidifies as 
a stopping point and like like i was just saying there like thematically like it, it kind of hits here and it doesn't feel like the shoko stuff really carries the same thing like it starts twisting it rather than finishing an idea if that makes sense yeah. mm -hmm. part of this is that like i don't feel a lot of investment in pretty much any of these characters mm -hmm. right and like this is this is a me thing if you're invested in these characters these stories probably work a lot better for you i think that um probably the character that i like ended up caring about the most was Ka kaede chan <laughs> mm -hmm. who again is ushered off screen unceremoniously yes yep mm -hmm. um i think for me it's I think, uh, oh sorry, sorry. oh go, go ahead. okay um just real quick on the ending thing i think it's the kind of thing that is like i would understand or if the show was all we got I would be like, ah, oh, yeah, not yet another bad adaptation that like refuses, mm -hmm. refuse to come up with any kind of conclusion. Um, uh, but the movie existing and there being a, a scene in the movie where it flashes back through like all of the events of the anime. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, this feels like a conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not. Yeah. It, because was, they're making more movies. There was a sequel movie <laughs> released in June. And yeah, there's two this year. They're making more. Two and... movies this year? Jesus. Yeah, I, I imagine one got delayed to this year and maybe the second one is getting delayed out. I'm I'm not yes. sure. I, I was surprised when I looked it up. I Yeah. Okay. So is that all we have to say about the series and we can go talk about the movie now? Or do we have anything else to say about the series? Um I think it's it is it is eminently watchable. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bored through the whole thing. Uh by watchable I mean you can put it on and be and on your phone a little like, bit. And just let it go. Let it wash over you and it's fine. Mm -hmm. They talk kind of a lot for it to be a comfortable phone watching show, but uh but like really they spend a lot of time explaining things that I don't think are that complicated or over explaining things that aren't that complicated yep mm. you know so really you don't need to like fully know what's going on to just be like instinctively like oh yeah of course that's how that works you know yep uh es especially wait. since a lot of the explanations end up like actually being hand wavy half analogies anyway so yeah uh-huh um like that was another thing the book i think the first book kind of makes a point of like futaba being like i don't know the schrodinger thing's like the closest i've got to it science can't actually actually explain any of this like yeah. it kind of really hedges away from the science thing which like they kind of drop later on in general <laughs> yeah they ran out of demons <laughs> yeah or they so. couldn't figure out how to make maxwell's demon work <laughs> um yeah i don't know uh I do think, I think that it is interesting that Kaede's arc doesn't directly deal with her uh, adolescent syndrome problem. It is all yeah. like aftershocks of that and emotional trauma from that. Mm -hmm. I think that that's interesting. I don't really know what to do with that, <laughs> but like yeah. in a thing that is built around dealing with supernatural problems, it's kind of interesting to uh, like disperse with, dispense with that for like a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um I wasn't like super impressed by it, I guess. Yeah. I will Which is probably fine. <laughs> watch the movies. I am not gonna go read the light novels. No. I think no, that that's I've totally been fair. unsold from the light novels. Yeah. Um I don't uh, know. Yeah. I don't like I'm not like invested in the characters, but right. I'm like, yeah, sure. I will like I'll watch an an hour and thirteen minute movie. I would watch it. That's fine. With you, yeah. But 
But yeah, again, like, I don't know how much, I know that more things will happen, but I don't know how much more meat there is under, under the shell, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is, I guess, yeah, I, I have set my, my sights low. (laughs) Uh I'm not, like, I'm not expecting to be wowed or like, or anything. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of expecting to have a perfectly pleasant time and not much else. Yeah, there's a reason why when I bought the books leading up to this, I only bought up through the movie and had no intentions on going past that. Like <laughs> it, it feels like they played through the ideas. Yes, yeah. And like, yeah, they can come up with more, but I don't know what else is there. Mm-hmm. So, Which, speaking of movie, <laughs> speaking of running out of ideas, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rascal does not dream of a dreaming girl. Uh huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I. Kind of did two synopses for one for each book. Yeah. And uh, you can tell which one I like more. So, adult Shoko makes a sudden reappearance while Mai is making dinner at Sakata's, claiming she occasionally grows older and needs somewhere to stay, resulting in both Mai and Shoko sleeping over after much debate and Shoko flirting heavily with Sakata. The next day, Sakata encounters young Shoko, called Makinahara, uh, in the hospital while taking Kaide-san to a checkup. Sakata discovers she has a significant heart condition, uh, which is why she felt guilty about asking to adopt the uh, the cat, which a problem Sakata solves by encouraging her to ask her mom uh, for it anyways, because his favorite words to hear are, thank you, you did well, and I love you. That part was back in Futaba's arc, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you knew about her heart condition for a while now, normally. Wow. The movie continues with... Wild. Yeah, right? Just imagine sitting with that from the middle of the series. Yeah. The movie continues with uh, more flirty antics from Shoko up to the point uh, of getting Sakata to perform a mock wedding with her since it was added to her childhood dreams for the future that keeps updating on its own. Around this time, so- from school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Around this time, Sakata starts putting together that Shoko is from the future and survived by receiving Sakata's heart as a transplant, and she tells him that it happened on Christmas Eve. Up until the day of Christmas Eve, those who know about the situation def- desperately try to convince Sakata to stay home and save himself, and Sakata wavers back and forth, saying not-so-subtle farewells to unwitting friends and family, and later crying to Shoko that he wants to live so that Mai won't hurt like that ever again. Mm-hmm. By the end, he chooses to sacrifice himself, and Mai get down Mr. President's him out of the way of a car, <laughs> sacrificing herself instead. And wanna, do you want to this... stop here and talk about the first half and, sure. and talk about the second half? Or do we want to just uh, go through yeah, the whole thing? Yeah, because, okay. uh, yes. I, this... I enormously respect uh, the light novels for killing the main girl, uh, like, per- like perfect actress girlfriend, and just uh-huh. like leaving on that. that yeah. I like have so much more respect for that. I had completely forgotten that I'd seen a light novel cover with her in a Santa outfit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait. Oh, I understand why people don't refer to this as Bunny Girl Sunbody. <laughs> um, uh, and I was like, damn, this went harder than I thought it would. Uh-huh. Uh, and and yet. And then and then we paused because like I had to get up and get a drink or go to the bathroom or something. And I was like, this this movie might be alright. And then yeah, it, it, almost immediately it's like, no, we gotta go save her. And I was like, God damn it, let a girl die. Yeah, my <laughs> my only like I think for the most part, aside from like, oh, yeah, if they would have committed to that, that would have been so good. And like, it, it is a good, like, surprise, kind of like you're wondering how he's going to get out of it. But like mm-hmm. having that be the cost is like a really good surprise. But mm-hmm. uh, 
one thing that especially with adding those extra scenes in the beginning and how compressed it feels it really feels like rather than like what's going on here you're kind of being led through your nose through it all because like uh when you find out about shoko having the heart issue it flashes over to grown-up shoko being like oh he's probably met my younger self now Uh and it's just like spoon feeding the answers to you which kind of sucks but Uh, i will say that shoko and mai have fully turned me around on het (laughs) ntr Their dynamic is great. She's very funny. The the way Shoko, uh, adult Shoko operates is very, very, is like entertaining. I had a lot of fun just watching her like be the most complete brazen girl in Uh the world. Yes. This is, well, and this is the thing is that uh, Maya and Shoko's dynamic, as as you just said, is incredible. Mm -hmm. Like they work Mm -hmm. together really well. Um, It works the same way Ark and CL work as a uh throuple with Shiki. Yeah, 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 yeah um let's see okay okay wait wait wait. should we go on ahead like suffer uh like having an agonizing decision of whether or not to die for a girl that he does not know very well uh is also an adonagi thing (laughs) yeah i I did no question he dies for the girl (laughs) i did like and i wish we got more than just the one scene of it like hitting him the cost mm-hmm. he would have on other people like him going over and crying to shoko of like i don't want to make my hurt was like mm-hmm. one of the moments like oh hey actual character growth like yeah, let, yeah. Th- this could be something to have here and like it's just it's the one scene <laughs> yes yes this is why the first half of this movie is but is more interesting than yes. the second half is like because it's doing okay it's doing that thing anime loves to have a trolley problem right <laughs> Mm-hmm. This isn't completely a trolley problem because it's like which it is which track do you want to run over a person on? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then anime loves to have the trolley problem break down and just everyone gets saved anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. So ending it on oh somebody has to die and it being my is kind of interesting, you know? Because like yeah, having it be the third option and it's also bad. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of fun, right? But mm-hmm. I did uh call at some point that uh uh I did not did not call what actually happened, but I called what Sakuta thought was going to happen, which was that Shoko was going to run in front of a car and uh adult mm-hmm. Shoko mm-hmm. and young Shoko was going to end up with his future past heart that cannot exist at yeah, the same time I've... as him, so he could never see her again. I was kind of hoping it'd be like some extra fucky time bullshit in that sense of just having this weird anomaly of his heart just yeah mm-hmm. sticking that, around that leaves like interesting drama for the future right is this like mm-hmm. heart that doesn't really exist that's keeping her alive and turns her into something other than a normal human right mm-hmm. and it uh, and it helps explain like literally pulling her out of time uh-huh so i think that could have been fun because like there's a the thing where he okay i'm i'm a sucker for this in time travel stories when there's something that can't the a sentiment that doesn't exist right like the the oh my favorite words thing is something she tells him and then he tells her as uh as a kid you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i think that's fun right yeah because it's like i like when things that can't exist happen because of time loops and just kind of like ride it out but Mm -hmm. uh that's not really the kind of story this is so it all has to tie up neatly in a bow Mm -hmm yeah right which is so weird to me because it's a forever series why did you have to tie it up this neatly i don't i don't know (laughs) and uh, i'm sure you guys have seen the 
Doctor Who meme, uh, Justice Wants Everybody Lives, if you want the quick <laughs> summary on second half of the movie. There you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you have anything else to say about the oh. first half of the movie? Ben? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's a great uh, shot a of times. of my laying face down, blood oh, spreading yeah. from her head. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, Can you imagine if that's where the movie ended? <laughs> yeah, it would be like sick. Yeah, with like a, a month between the two pieces. Uh, that would be cool as hell. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> IMHO. Oh, um, one other... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's that's like... Yeah, my takeaway was like, damn, this series like grew a backbone and yeah. some teeth and like went way harder than I was expecting. Congrats. Yeah, I was at a certain point I was like, am I being unfair for judging it for not wanting anyone to die? I mean, nobody dies in the tragedy. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, Hachikuchi is literally dead and then also stops existing. Yes. Yep. <laughs> like pretty prominently. <laughs> Uh, one, one good, another good thing from the beginning is the line of why not two time an upgrade from pig to scumbag was <laughs> really good. A Futaba just like, I don't want to deal with your bullshit. Just fuck them both. Leave me alone. I gotta say Futaba, she dragged him into so much dumb relationship drama. <laughs> yes. And now she's like, it's not my problem. You're having trouble with your relationship. <laughs> okay. Uh, biggest biggest disappointment of the movie is futaba seemingly and maybe maybe this goes somewhere else seemingly develop feelings developing feelings for uh Sakuta. Mm, i didn't necessarily read it that way but uh i could see there being a book where she has a thing for him now or there, something like that it's 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 they're close right so yeah it's, I it's the kind of it it's the cake and eat it too yes. type of thing of like yes uh, textually there's the thing at the train where she's like i don't want you to disappear and it's like oh yes you could have you could have just as easily have said i like you uh-huh like it's yeah a, it is like, a it is a it shot and and framed like a confession yeah. also yeah it's, it's that say. thin line of fiction of like close friends and relationship yeah you can yeah. read it the other way if you want to because she's still like an available girl you know mm -hmm. what i mean or mm -hmm. she still like exists in this. To be clear, space I don't want to read it that way. No, but she it... didn't get a boyfriend, right? Yeah, she's not yes. actually dating anyone. Correct. She is available. Yeah, like yeah. they're all available. Uh, also, I do gotta say, Sakata, her like her whole trauma is that she's like fucked up about boys staring at her tits. Please don't comment on her body. <laughs> like, oh my can you god! Do this for her just once. Like I know it's your bit to be like slightly lovably a sexually harasser, but like for her, can you not? Yeah. Uh yeah. I feel like I had one more thought, but uh uh Maybe it'll pop back yeah, up when we yeah. start going in. Okay. Hit so, us with the description of the second half. Shoko teaches him time travel via dissociation and naps, considering the present as the future <laughs> or a simulation of the past a la Koga, and waking up in the past, whereby some timeline quanta fuckery he can both affect and not affect things until somebody observes him where he mirrors the uh, where he is mirroring the my bunny girl suit antics to get somebody to notice him, but instead the cowards put him in a bunny mas mascot outfit. I get, uh, where, I get how he they at the end they're like oh yeah you can't see what he actually looks like then cetera, put cetera. a bunny head on the with bunny, a yeah, sexy bunny suit yep yep he has her outfit <laughs> <laughs> yeah wear it coward <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, so he puts on a bunny uh, mascot outfit and eventually Koga the Kohai finds him uh, and tying him to this reality timeline thing. Because they're quantum uh, tangled because of the butt kicking or whatever. Yep. Oh, it's really dumb. Um, really dumb. It's kind of funny, but it's really it's, dumb. It's the he fails of, to... Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it. I, no, I, I appreciate that the girls don't just, just disappear after their stuff is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't in one of either. Although, well, yes, but... um. Uh, although Kaede does kind of disappear from this movie and like they, they end up playing very minor roles. It's like mm-hmm. they show up for a line or two. Yeah. Um, uh, they use their assist move and then they yes, yes, <laughs> yes, we can, uh, but yes, it is They're They're barely there. And I was like, oh, surely the, the resolution to this is to find my and get her to bring you because like. Mm-hmm. true love or whatever and no it's it's butt kicking yeah uh-huh so yeah he he fails he uh coca ties him to this reality he fails to convince his past self to stay away uh, after talking to himself on the phone but he ends up meeting mai and convincing her to stay away and then he goes off to sacrifice himself the future self to save his past self except also not actually because their memories merge a la futaba uh after this while talking to mai they have a spider-man style deal with mephisto talk swearing that if they actually resolve shoko's fourth grade inciting incident for this whole thing uh uh the the inciting adolescent syndrome they would despite history changing they would still meet each other because of true love or something mm-hmm. um yeah they're kind of if yeah. maybe if we go back in time we'll somehow be able to stop her from having heart disease <laughs> yeah that is the wildest part of this mm-hmm. yep and somehow it works and mine and sakata stay meet together nothing seems changed except for some weird personality quirks that they've gotten from dreams about a sick girl as their future memories fade into nothing but a dream mm-hmm. until sakata sees young shoko at the beach and they have a tearful reunion Yeah, like, they really couldn't even, like, have the cost of this be the, like, memories of this girl or her life. You know what I mean? It Mm -hmm. has to, like, it wraps up so cleanly. Okay, okay. I thought, once again, when Bunny Suit uh, Sakata jumped in front of the car, I was like, oh, is it going to be his heart? (laughs) That would be really funny. Uh Uh-huh. Because, again, that creates that weird, like, uh, like hole in reality kind of sensation uh, but no on top no, he of just that vanishes. with uh having like future sakata who you're spending this entire sequence with if he like died then you're kind of mirroring also the kaide chan san separation there of them being distinct people and you are losing a version of the main character yeah but they couldn't have that either <laughs> yeah so i guess we lose adult shoko she ceases to exist but also kind of not really because young oh, Shoko right. has young her Shoko memories. Remembers it. Right, I forgot that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so everybody lives. Nobody dies. Uh, there are no consequences. I swear that when they got to the bit where Mai like played her in a movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, so she did die. Okay. That's kind of interesting because she like, she took on the burdens of all of this to die in everyone else's place. Right. We mm-hmm. see her talking to Sakata and she's, she's like, I can go back. I can go back easier than you can. I'm going to go back and change it so that you never met me and none of this happened and I just die and no one has to worry about it. 
and then uh she does that there's there's like a fun scene of like uh the the like uh him falling asleep which is it resets everything because you're not observing it anymore we've got that established from earlier and everything just kind of like uh turning sketchy and then vanishing you know that was kind of cool Mm -hmm. effect and then yeah just like with my also he is able to remember her like even her being alive he was like oh i don't know who she is and they're about to walk away and then he's like oh no i do know who she is i so and she remembers him too i so dearly wish people knew how to kill anime girls (laughs) it's the halos fan it makes them very sturdy (laughs) they're really hard to kill um (laughs) because yeah the ending the movie Mm -hmm. and then thinking back on my thoughts in the middle Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, you really took like an interesting uh like an interesting change in in the possibility space for this novel. Mm-hmm. And then just undid all of it and was like, no, actually it's always going to come out that everyone's fine. The most yep. the most that you can do is erase uh one version of Kaede and then but she's still around. She just kind of changed her hairstyle and she's a little more reserved now. Yes. You know. Yeah, which, and everyone's which, moved on. But her basic problem is even the same, you know. Well, well, she's and still got like, like if, the the school phobia. It's like all the she's basically the same. Yeah, so it looks uh, based on the description. The next movie is about getting her to school. Uh huh. Yeah, uh-huh. and like as the series goes on, like it it kind of it kind of erases that weight of Kaede Chan dying mm-hmm. is the the thing that yeah because she just does bother me. That's what yeah exactly, which is why I'm just I don't. I don't think I will like what goes forward from here. I like, like I said, it's like the headcanon says the series ended here, and yeah, I yeah. like it much better that way. Um, I will also say it is, uh, I was so, I was like, oh, cool. You could do something interesting with, oh, they're oh, now all great. like four years younger. Uh-huh. And like, none of this has happened. How does... How, or yeah how do things end up the same and it's like no everything just ends up the same yeah i, yeah, I was so sure for a minute there i was like oh so Mo- again monogatari does this like oh everyone's stories they get like a second book basically mm-hmm. which is like a, a remix it's not really literally a remix of what happened but it's like it's dealing with the fallout of what happened before and like changing things and like the basic problem is either the same or like has like evolved in some way and it's kind of really interesting and then so i was like oh this is how do you rearrange time in such a way that you end up in basically the same place but you get to redo all of these stories in a different fun way right mm-hmm. yep uh and then no they resolve that like instantly <laughs> instantly mm-hmm uh, and just kind of like skip to the end. And Mai says like, wow, it really was great that we did meet and did all of the things that we did before and fell in love. <laughs> yeah. It, it's extra funny that like the weird lingering bit for him is this compulsion to donate to charity. Uh-huh. Like, that, that's all that changed. He just is compelled to just donate every time he sees a charity around. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nothing else. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of a... Un- it was kind of underwhelming. Is <laughs> basically yeah. my, uh, my like, response to the whole thing. The whole project. The funny thing is, like, my, my recollection basically stopped at the end of book one for the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I was, like, up to, like, 
No, did my somebody died like something? I remembered it being. Yeah, I just remembered it like being this darker toned thing, and then ah, that second half just wow. Uh huh. Uh, I will. I will call out the the analyst real quick. The analyst user base right now Mm -hmm. uh, on this very small podcast, which. I don't know. Fuck a lot you, of analyst user base. Uh, I I want to hope that any that our listeners are are more cultured than anime fans as a whole. But this is number thirteen of all anime movies. <laughs> don't ever scroll through top rated movies wait, 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 and stuff wait. for anime. This is rated number thirteen. I need to know what the number. Okay, Fen, I need to know. Okay, well, uh, we number this? one is your. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Go up from 13. Okay. Uh, 13. Bunny uh, Girl movie. 13. Bunny Girl movie. Um uh I'm I have okay. Yeah, 5 centimeters per second is 12. Okay, you have a, that downloaded, so presumably that's interesting. Uh I would not say that. <laughs> what is it? It's a uh Shinkai Makoto movie. Oh no. Okay. Uh, he is going to be a reoccurring character. <laughs> oh no, right. Yep. This is uh, funny because abnormal being abnormal map and mapping like adjacent podcast being on the abnormal mapping network means that I've never heard about these movies in any way other than they're shitty. Yes. <laughs> uh, reappearance by <laughs> Shinkai Makoto. Uh, the Garden of Words. What is the uh, Garden of Words? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Keep going then. Uh, Totoro. Oh God, yeah. Number Ghibli 11. movies are going to be a lot of these too, huh? Uh, yep. Totoro's great. Yeah. Watch Totoro. I liked Totoro. I like some Ghibli movies, you know. Princess Mononoke next. Yeah, Mononoke's good. Yeah. It's, it's got an edge in the way a lot of Ghibli movies don't. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, oh which I just don't wait. believe. Okay, wait. It's zero. Yeah. That uh, the like prequel Jujutsu Kaisen uh thing was the only part of it that I liked. Uh, it was pretty cool, actually. Okay, so, okay. I stand corrected. Howl's it's also Moving Mappa, Castle. So it's amazingly animated, I'm sure. Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, very pretty. Uh, very toothless. Uh, I read the book and was very confused when I saw the movie because they have basically nothing in common. Uh, first, first, uh, like non-prolific anime director, uh, or prolific, uh, like popular anime director, um, popular parentheses, boring. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, I want to eat your pancreas. Whoa. That's number six. I don't know what this is, but that's a pretty fun title. Uh, it's something about, uh, it's like a romance where one of them has cancer. Oh. I think. That does sound like, that's like some Oscar bait, (laughs) though. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, Shinkai Makoto back again <laughs> with Weathering with You. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Miyazaki. Yes, that was five. Miyazaki back again with Spirited Away. Yeah, I, I get where, where where they're coming from, but I really don't think... Where is the Revue <sighs> Starlight movie, fan? Where's the Madoka <laughs> movie? Uh, great question, Ben. Uh, number f- Number three... UFO table making an appearance with the Demon Slayer movie. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, uh oh yeah. Uh, number two is is um uh a silent voice. 
I don't Which know. I've heard good things about. Okay. Um, that, that just, if I remember right, that's the one that, like, even the trailers, I'm just like, ugh, I, I can't. <laughs> uh, is it just, is, it's is this more tearjerker um, stuff? Uh-huh. Yeah, if I remember, if this is the one I'm thinking of, um, yeah. it it does a time skip. It starts with a uh, hard of hearing uh, girl in, I think, middle school or something like that, that is just getting aggressively bullied. And part of the trailer they show have them, like, straight up rip her hearing aids or Im- implants. I don't remember which. I I just know there's blood after they rip it out. The thing um, is, I'm someone who cries really easily at stories. So I've, like, completely internalized the fact that uh, crying at a story doesn't mean that it's necessarily good, but is often a sh- uh, people believe it's shorthand for good. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I just know, at least for me, the intensity of what they're showing in the trailer is an intensity that makes me uncomfortable, not in an enjoyable way. Yeah. Not necessarily saying it's a bad thing. It's just not for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, number one. Shinkai Yoru. Uh, number one is Kimi no Nawa, or your name. Oh my god, it's your name. Shinkai yep. Makoto again. Makoto. <laughs> I okay. told you he would be a reoccurring character. And is every one of his movies in these top like thirteen? Uh, great question. Probably most of them are. Okay, Fen. I need you to hurt me. What's the yep. Monica movie rated at? Uh, let me just scroll through here, trying to find the Monica movie. Uh, Kizumonogatari is is like well before anything else that I've seen. I understand that at least. I respect it. Truly bonkers. No, it's I mean, not they've bonkers. Got I would Akira rate it above most there. of those movies. Um, where is okay? Madoka is. Let's see. It's one, two, eighty-five, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, they aren't actually numbered. 45? Is the other annoying thing? Forty-five. Okay. Uh, where, where is the review Starlight movie? One of, one of the best and, like, best looking movies I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Uh, people have no class. People have no taste at all. Okay. This has gone on long enough. I'm not finding I'm it. I'm so sorry. Um. It would be are, a pain in the ass oh. to count down to it anyway. Review Starlight's so good. The movie especially. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Fate Zero, yeah. Act Two. Act Three. Three. Act Three. Dash One. Fate Zero, Act Three. I'm not putting the slash three, one. Part One. <laughs> how, how many? How many hours does the countdown have on it? Um. Yeah, Fen. How many hours does the little timestamp thing have? I'm not putting the the slashes in my in the markers. I'm just doing acts for the markers. So all I'm ever gonna say is the act number. So I I had I had I had trouble convincing myself to keep reading sometimes, <laughs> which sometimes uh, I I throw it on a PDF reader or a book reader that has text to speech and just listen to it for a little while. I gotta tell you, Blue, I also had a hard time getting through the reading this yeah. time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I had last night. I had four hours after we got out of the watch party to get through mm-hmm. two acts. Mm-hmm. And uh, my Kindle said an hour 18 for the first for act three. And I was like, OK, I'll get through this three hours later. I was finally wrapping it up and I was like, uh, I got real distracted. Huh? Uh-huh. It's really yep. hard to focus. This first bit is not great. So, but the it, text of speech is really funny on the acts, is what I wanted to say because <laughs> it goes through act three slash one three eight nine two col- uh, colon. Bl- it just does that for all of it. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Kiritsugu, did you know that he smokes? He's smoking again because he's back to the old me. You oh know. my god, Kiritsugu <laughs> is. I know Kiritsugu is the kind of character, yeah, that is like I know. That the the story doesn't think that he's a good person. Yes. Uh he is also the type of person that like let's say like uh ten to seventeen year old boys yes. will idolize. Yes, a hundred percent. He's the coolest man in the world. Yeah. He's like he, he smokes, he's like tortured, he's got a wife and another smoking hot assassin lady on the side, you know? Yep. It's like it's just not very interesting. You know? Anyway, so we're meeting another one of this story's women. Uh he saw my uh Maya. He is basic. She is basically his like toady, uh, and mm-hmm. a- toady, and also he's fucking her, and that's about but it. He picked her up as an apprentice, as a girl on a battlefield, or something like I that. I, we get this bit where it's <laughs> and, like she never wears makeup, but she's still fucking gorgeous. <laughs> this, like, this is this, all- this fucking thing talks about w- women's like appearance more than the Oroge romance Fate Stay Night. <laughs> Um, this is this is also the thing though is like yeah and she's the coolest woman in the world because she's smoking hot and she's not girly she's not like other girls <laughs> um yeah so it's, it it legitimately feels like a 16 year old boy wrote this yeah. action it's like yeah kiritsugu is like a less cool gun god from notes yes it's really funny <laughs> Oh God. Okay, so we've, she has like bat. She's she does magic too, but not. She's not like a real mage because he's just taught her like combat magic. There's a really funny line in this section where it's like, if we were talking in terms of like in terms mages would use their like uh, apprentice and master, and I'm like, 
All sorts of people use those terms. That's like a pretty common term, I gotta say. Anyway, she has little bats, bat familiars that fly around. This is another huge failing. Fun little bats hanging around is a great trait for a character, but it doesn't really come up at all. Oh, oh and they've got cameras glued to them because... uh. Magic. She's not actually that good at magic, Ben. Well, no, this is the thing, is that uh, ma- yeah. mages have not, in the fucking, in the, by the 19 fucking 90s, mages have not accounted at all for the existence of cameras. Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah. Like, uh, all magic, like, uh, sensory fooling, like, bounded fields and shit just doesn't work on cameras. Mm-hmm. I guess. Because they're too prideful and only mages are any threat. This is the stupidest this thing is, on Earth. Okay, this is, yes, there, there are many problems with this section. Yes. Uh, one of them is also, like, Kuritsugu thinking about how, like, oh, mages never expect to get shot. And it's like, mm-hmm. he's renowned as a mage killer. Who At people. some point, mages would start to be like, yeah, maybe I should think about guns. But, like, here's the thing. Like, structurally, I... The fact that a mage doesn't expect to be shot in the back of the head, sure. Yeah. Right? Like, yes. I, it's it's kind of fun to have I a guy... I also don't expect to be shot in the back of the head. Yes, right? <laughs> like, we we have, we have are very vulnerable to guns, and we still don't expect it. You know what I mean? There's, there's all sorts of people killing people with guns in our world. Uh-huh. There's a reason guns are fucking terrifying. Yes. Uh, but the idea that mages who mechanically in order to keep their magic working have not considered like surveillance at all uh because of of pride when they need it to continue existing just does this does not track to me this is like such a like oh and kiritsugu is the only man on earth who's even remotely thought about the existence of technology that has existed for many years i mean i guess especially like it's a thing that like other urban fantasy tends to solve with like Mm, uh, the magical world's incompatibility with yeah. like yeah. N- not their pride yeah. or anything like that it's literally like you using magic your magic circuits interact with the electronic circuits or something like that you know yeah uh, like bounded fields fuck up cameras totally totally makes sense something i've always like passively thought was probably the case yes but it's never stated because nasu doesn't care about any of that yeah so mm-hmm. um this is i in in having this conversation i realized oh right this this is another way in which the novel is like holding up Karisugu and Kotomine as like, hey, the only these two are Earth. different. Yes, uh-huh. mm-hmm. they're destined to fight. They're, which, yes, they're shonen like boy protagonists. Yes, you know what I mean. They're, uh, the, they're the most special people on Earth, and they're gonna have a cool showdown. Which is sorry, sorry to jump to the the epilogue or not epilogue, the postscript. But uh, just <laughs> briefly, it was very funny reading. Oh, this entire series started as uh, Kotomine and Kuritsugu should fight. Uh-huh. How does that happen? Honestly, the entire uh, afterward there was very enlightening. Yeah. I yeah. kind of like liked it because I was like, hell yeah, you fucking losers. You do you. You're so fucking chuny. <laughs> exactly what I imagined like, you two yeah. like. <laughs> So go ahead. Uh, but again... I like Zero a lot more as like a funny little thing than a tentpole of uh, of fate. Uh, and it is not a funny little thing. It is a tentpole of fate. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. The reason that I'm talking about all this is because I don't want to talk about the fucking 10 pages <laughs> of like price listings for US spec ops equipment uh, that Kiritsugu has. There's a past version of me who would be super excited for all of this. You were a gun otaku? Uh, in this, like I did Airsoft with I my friends. Airsoft. 
Um, I was never a gun person. And like, and played miniatures games, and like, uh, thought like World War Two miniatures games, and uh, like, yeah, I I learned and like thought about guns when I was in uh-huh. high school. I have um, gun people in my family, and it always just kind of vaguely put me off. You know what I mean? But at this point, I don't care if it's not a Moe girl uh, holding a gun. <laughs> so like, Omar for me, nothing, like, loser. I... <laughs> Mika, for... misono Mika. Like, I, I like action stuff and whatnot. Like, you show me a John Wick film and show Keanu Reeves do an awesome press check. Awesome. Mm-hmm. This, no. <laughs> yes, there's something, like, like weird, like, so gross and masturb- masturbatory of being, like, and this gun, which is banned for production because it's part of the U.S. military machine, costs this much money, and he has it, and he's modified it in this mm-hmm. way, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like, this and, shit makes me uncomfortable in Other Side Picnic, too, right? Like, yeah. it, it gets, like, Ooh. Other Side Picnic, the novel specifically has a moment of refuting, like, uh, this equipment being used for, like, uh, in, imperial purposes, you know what I mean? But it's got one yeah. moment of that and a lot of gun porn that yeah. is very, like, pretty uncomfortable. Like, this is, so, this side... is, like, even worse because it's just, like, like, there is like, no, there's no, like... There's nothing, there's, yeah, there's nothing fun about it. This isn't like, he's like an international super assassin using like uh, SEAL Team 6 equipment or whatever. Yes. <laughs> like th- this entire sequence felt like, so like other side for the other example there, like it does go into it more than it needs to, but like it, it never bothered me too much, yeah. but like I can understand why it would. Yeah. This like feels like it almost feels like midichlorians about the whole thing. Like mm-hmm. it is going into all of this in such weird depth answering questions that nobody was asking and like it, it just it just doesn't why are we spending so much time on this Urobuchi seems to have no concept of like alighting things right he's like so literal about everything uh this is a thing that i know that people like about him mm-hmm. is that is that like, he's like materialist in some way but yeah. like but <sighs> this is okay and this is my problem is that he takes or, yeah, I, I spoke about it some last episode, so I'm not going to go into depth. But he's basically taking stuff that was said as thematic things and being like, sitting down and going, well, how does this actually work? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, if you're going to do that, just change it. Like, mm-hmm. it was yep. it was set up that way because it was a couple sentences that were thematic. And like, of course, if you had to write it out, that's not what actually happened. Mm-hmm. But... Like, so, like, I, Psychopath is on the other side of this where, like, it is his own work that it works because of overthinking how everything fits together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, because that's the entire idea of it, of, like, uh, when you try to overanalyze, overengineer solutions to a problem, you tend to create additional problems. And it is very much building on the conflict of that issue and, like, how how could you resolve those or what what are the other fundamental issues to this type of a solution uh but like you were saying we're over here on something that has all of those thematic ideas kind of played out and everything and he's just working with a different tool set yeah it's like i am so torn reading this because madoka which is an urobochi like he's the like original writer of that right is one of my favorite anime it's one of my favorite things right uh and this i just i'm like wow okay i always had a feeling that madoka was somehow an exception for me and i actually didn't like the way Urobochi wrote and uh like again i can't be 100 percent because i can't really catch his prose style 
but like his like interests just don't interest me at all i do not care how much these guns cost like why don't you give us a shipping manifest for all of kiritsugu's contacts where he got all of these weapons from then you know what i mean what store unscrupulously sold this to him you know it's, it's just what not if we just had that? i don't care i don't care what if we just had that shipping guns? manifest as like an appendix instead of all of this yeah uh this is this is kind of where i think uh zero is interesting because uh i think that the there are portions of it like the fight scene that are like written to be animated uh and and then and uh and then there's stuff like this which is like i watched the anime scene and it's funny because like without Kuritsugu's internal monologue, it's just a hilarious scene of him like of the camera panning over guns and him like wielding them and like picking them up, putting them down, putting bullets in them. And there's like the bit in the thing where he's like in the book where he's like he like he has a cool magic gun that shoots yeah. magic bullets made out of his own bones. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like hmm, two seconds. I've slowed down because I'm Batman. And then in the show, they lied the second half of that. So he says, hmm, two seconds. And I'm like, and I'm like is that good or bad? <laughs> I don't know how fast you're supposed to be able to load a gun because I'm not a fucking loser. Yeah. Uh, anyway, two extremely funny back-to-back bits of this. Ilya's body is even lighter than the Walther here. And she's already eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking this is like multiple times we find out that the cowards you know what i mean multiple times we find out that the sniper rifle is about 10 uh kilos uh-huh uh-huh uh, it's so funny i have a baby girl and instead i'm holding a gun and the weight of the gun is is har- higher than the weight of my beautiful daughter. My beautiful daughter who will never develop breasts. <laughs> it's <like> flat as a <laughs> board daughter. God. She's going to have no sex appeal at all. <sighs> I forgot um, that that part was in the book, too. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, no. And then uh, he like starts, he gets a little tiny bit of emotion of, over this. And then Maya comes over and fucking kisses him. Yep. And it's so, this, this is, this, this is, is such a dumb fantasy mo- it, thing. It's like, it's, it's uh dumb wish fulfillment in the book. It is completely inexplicable in the show. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like. It can at once be, isn't Kiritsuku kind of a shitty guy and also, uh, like, uh, porny fascist wish fulfillment, like, yes. cool guy with a gun who solves problems, yes. uh, like shit. And I just, I don't think he's actually fashy, you know what I mean? But, like, this aesthetics yeah, of, yeah. like, oh, I'm using the power of the U.S. military to murder people uh, at my own discretion mm-hmm. <laughs> is, like, I don't know, I don't watch these kinds of movies. I really can't, like, get anything out of this. I mean, he's he's just a generic flattened one of those anyways, so, like... <laughs> this is the thing, is that, like, uh, uh, I know that some people disagreed with uh, the translation for Stay Night say, having um, Emiya... Mm-hmm. Shiro? Shiro. You see Superhero? <laughs> completely banked on his name, yes. Using Superhero, and it's like, oh, no, but... But Kreesku is just Batman. <laughs> yes, he's a, mm-hmm. he's a Batman. And you know what? I don't fucking read Cape Comics either. Yes. Um. Okay. Cut to uh the scant Yuri content of Fate Zero. 
Does this count as Yuri? No, uh, you could I mean, read into it. It's yeah. written so that you can read into it, yeah. right? And it's yeah. definitely animated so that you can read into it. Yeah. Uh, if you're if you're desperate and you've never seen real gay people before, <laughs> uh, Eerie and Saber have flown in together. Uh, <laughs> we get the anime. We get names like fake names for them because they're from New Orleans. <laughs> what is those passports are so good? <laughs> Elise Watoson. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sabers. I do not remember Eerie's uh, like Maria something. Something like that. They're from they're from New Orleans. They should put on Cajun accents. <laughs> um. And we also get the, like, admittedly very funny uh, lore bit introduced here that uh, because Saber has the riding skill uh, and classes don't discriminate between what thing you can ride, she could fly a jet if she felt like it, uh-huh. by, purely on instinct. That's pretty yeah. funny. Um, Mount the saddle and <laughs> grab the bridle. Yeah, that's how yeah. planes work. Uh she can't dematerialize because she's alive. We don't, like, they don't say that here, but, like, that must be the reason why she can't dematerialize. So they had to buy her a ticket, and she's dressed as a man, which means she's wearing a suit. She in no way is passing as a man in any... She lo- she's, like, dressed like a drag king, you know? She apparently is in the book, uh, but it, the anime does not try at all to butcher up. No, no. She's, like, got a ponytail instead of her usual braid. But, like, she's not even binding, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. That's, like, far be it from me to police uh, Saber's gender expression, but it, yeah, it looks like, it looks like they're doing a bit, you know what I mean? (laughs) This is T for T, I guess. (laughs) If it weren't for the phrase of, like, them trying to say that she's looking like a man type of a thing, Uh like, like, yeah, she's, she's rocking that suit. Saber's the short drag king and Eerie's the tall (laughs) trans princess and in the anime they have like a flock of maids dressed like uh, Ilya's maids following them around. Uh, there is somebody staring at us. One of the one of the most inexplicable lines in the I've ever read. This isn't the perverted beauty of having a beautiful woman dressed as a man. (laughs) What are you talking about? Right, right, Man, right. They, yeah, he specifically uh, calls out that Saber is not being a drag king. Uh-huh. The the writing and uh, some of it, I'm sure, is also the translation. I, I don't know how much is what on the back half of this volume just got so much rougher. Like, the first part was already kind of rough, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to read. So. Yeah. Eerie is like, I've never been out of the castle before. This is the first time that I've seen anything besides the beautiful pictures that my lovely husband is shows me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Saber's like, okay, we'll go on a date. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saber in a suit in the anime. She looks great. She's incredible. Still, Best design. Goes and opens Eerie's door for her and takes her glove off to like use her bare hand to help uh-huh. her out of the car. Great. Excellent. Now, they wander around town for a little while, and then they catch uh, like vibe of an enemy servant trying to lure them out for a fight. And uh, we get Eerie's like, internal monologue being like, okay, I hope that we, me and Saber are going to go for it, and hopefully Saber can kill them before Kiritsugu has to do any killing. Because she, want, she wants to keep Kiritsugu's hands as clean as possible, which seems like a... <laughs> seems like- I don't think a little more blood is gonna like. They're already bloodstained. Uh huh. Uh huh. So she does send a message <clears throat> to Kiritsugu, being like, uh, so- huh? "Sorry, Ben has written down here that Eerie turns on her pet tracker." 
<laughs> She's microchipped. Uh-huh. <laughs> Get your pets microchipped, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Get your uh Harami sisters. <laughs> Get your <laughs> Get your pet cat uh oh. microchipped. Sarah Harami should be microchipped. She and is. No, she has an app on her phone. <laughs> it's not the same. Someone needs to bring her to a vet's office and, uh-huh. like, do the little scan over her neck and go, uh-huh. like, oh, okay. We have to contact that oh, idol. Sorry. Yeah, they, she's, like, wandering around and they're like, who do you belong to, you little fucking freak? <laughs> okay. Act 3 3. Wait, did we get 3 2 in there somewhere? Yeah, you skipped that. Yeah, that was it. switching over to. Uh, uh, Weaver I... and Ryder are here, and they're here to call out Eerie and Saber by saying, Real dumbasses for taking that servant's provocation. Yeah. They're standing on top of the big bridge. Waver's crying about it, which is kind of funny. Uh,. They talk this... about the Iliad for a bit, and Ryder is like, "Oh, I love, I read poetry and murder people. I do battle like while fucking and sleeping and all sorts of things." And Waver's like, "Really?" And he's like, "Stupid hell." <laughs> um, he's the only person in this world who can tell a joke. Yes, and I appreciate that. Uh, I I will say the the both the tone of the anime and also the tone of our watch parties dramatically changes when it's a Ryder Waver scene. They have charisma. It, yeah, they have it, charisma. It is it it becomes a like fun show to watch mm-hmm. uh, before yeah, it, it returns to like oh right this is a serious show for important men yeah. to do important things. Yes, it's just a completely different story with them. Yeah, you ever it's hear of a great weird. man of history? Mm-hmm. Oh, Zero loves great men of history. <laughs> okay, back to Saber and Eerie. They're at some kind of abandoned dock, warehouse, storage place. You know, one of those, like where uh, Shiki chased, uh, uh, what's her name in... Uh, Asagami Fujino. Uh, Fujino in K&K, too. Mm-hmm. You know, these there's abandoned docks districts all over this the is, place. Okay, the, the, the thing I always think of is the docks in AI Somnium Files. Yes, I also was thinking about that. Um, and, oh, right. It also happened, also in Birdie Wing... Yes. Docks are like a... Best scene in Birdie Wing. Yeah. Is okay. There, are there docks in Akiba Made War? No. I don't think no they one gets make it taken to out to the... Is there docks in Tokyo? Tokyo not a port. Tokyo Bay? Yeah, yeah Tokyo's Bay. a port. Okay. okay. Oh, I, was, I was like legitimately asking. I okay. forget where Tokyo yeah. is on the map. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, yes, <laughs> that's one of the largest Japanese seaports. Yeah. One of the largest seaports. So they should have gone to a port. I, you, you had no, me doubting. Instead, I was like, just... wait, is Tokyo inland? Akiba <laughs> made war. Instead, they just kill somebody like alongside a canal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Also great. Okay. 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 There's a there's a sexy man waiting for them. He's got a sexy mole and two lances. That's right. Two lances. That mole is so sexy that without uh, a lot of magic resistance, uh, if you're a woman, you will be immediately captivated. Not just captivated. The book says brainwashed. Yes. Uh, which is really gross. Um, this sucks. This like gender-based like magic like mind control shit just sucks. It sucks in every single fantasy story it shows up in, and it sucks here too. Yes. I mean, it's it's like 
Uh, yes. Uh, from the women we have seen, it's very clear that women are emotional, like, pathetic little creatures. Uh-huh. Who... Right, and Eerie's immune because she's not human. Yes. She's been magically altered, and Saber's immune only because she has, like, super magic resistance. Yes, uh, it comes with being a Saber. This sucks. Yes. This would make it a magic face instead of a mystic eye. Her mystic face <laughs> instead a of a mystic line. eye. That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> mystic eye doesn't just mean literally. It's, it's like a it's like a category of thing. It's not literally just magic eyes. It's like a yep. thing. You know, you can't just say magic <laughs> mystic face. This okay. This is one of those scenes that's like, no, it's actually improved by removing all like. They still say the dialogue lines that they say here, mm -hmm. or some of them at least, but the anime removing all of the, like, explanation of how pretty his face is, uh -huh. is like, no, that's for the better. Okay, so, Act 3-4, Kiritsugu and Maya are heading to help the girlies out. Uh, they can't use guns on servants because servants are immune to guns, so the only thing they can do is kill the master. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cool fighting. Saber and uh, Lancer do an enormous amount of flirting through this. Oh, God, there's a bit where it's where Urobuchi writes like, oh, Saber's scared of him, but then like manages to put down that fear. And it's like, Saber's scared of what? Saber's scared of fucking what? When is Saber ever scared of fucking anything? I hate this fucking fight so much. I hate this fucking fight so much. Um, right. We get this like funny bit where, uh, Kiritsugu to Maya, Maya's like, what if we go to the biggest, most obvious vantage point in the whole area? Kiritsugu's like, no, stupid woman. Will uh, someone else will also think of that? So we need to go to the second best spot. And so they go to the second best spot. <laughs> and you know who is also too stupid to realize that that's the like most obvious spot is literally assassin who i think would know better being fucking assassin yeah but no kiritsugu smarter than any historical super like supreme inhuman assassin uh immediately spots him without getting spotted himself and it's like oh so assassin's still alive huh what's um, even the point of all this stupid fucking like oh assassin's dead not dead shit you know it's like I'm realizing we cut out last time mm -hmm. the stuff that was going to be in these episodes, and then oh, since they weren't oh. in the books, we skipped those parts. So we just completely missed out the fact that Assassin's actually still alive. Oh yeah, Assassin didn't uh, die. Uh, yeah, he um, can like it. It can copy itself. Uh, yep. This Assassin and is like a, a, a bunch of different Assassins. Yeah, Ryder wants to kill Bill Clinton. Ryder. Right. Oh, like, that's Ryder's, one of the best scenes in the anime. Ryder's going to have his destined showdown with Bill Clinton. Uh, that's right. After buying so... 10 B2 bombers. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that Waver at least has an idea of how much a B2 bomber is worth. <laughs> uh -huh. I, I would just say expensive. <laughs> um, uh, but it's so good that the anime includes a like Bill Clinton press conference. <laughs> Clinton fans. He's going to be trouble. Yeah. yeah. The writer scenes with the military porn stuff, I love them. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, That's Ryder a good one, yes. right? Because writers like, oh, big cool weapon. I'll have a couple of those. Uh huh. Uh huh. Exactly. And not sitting there like, oh, this weighs more than my daughter, more than my child. <laughs> okay. Um. Right. Okay. Sorry. Sorry for skipping all that. 
Uh, this is going to be a reoccurring problem of me forgetting that. So let's try to. Well, it's not going to be a problem this time because the episodes end where the the novel oh, okay, ends. Good. So, so <sighs> Kotamine has ordered Assassin to go watch the fight and also to physically manifest so everyone can see see him. Uh, because Kotamine wants to see the fight with his own eyes through uh, whatever. So that yeah, this is such a weird. Kotamina doesn't need to see the fight through his own eyes. He okay. He is seeing the fight through his own eyes so that he can relay that information to Tokiomi through a stupid magic gramophone. Who <laughs> does nothing and like should have a connection to his servant so he'll know if Gil shows up. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, they they do really hammer how much Tokiomi and Gil don't really. <laughs> Yeah. Like, mesh, this is, at so, least this is like a real like but yeah the fourth holy grail war being like portrayed like this versus the fifth holy grail war is like you know the thing that's like oh i don't know what world war three will be fought with but world war four will be fought with sticks and stones you know what i mean this uh-huh. is like a super mm-hmm. high tech the entire world is like involved in this like international incident that's destroying half the city and then like the fourth Holy Grail War is like some losers in a back alley squabbling with each other. <laughs> yeah. Um uh right. Yeah. It it like aside from to move the plot onward, it really why is Kotamina using assassin and not just like some normal familiar? Yeah, the the whole thing with assassin is just it's it's very like it feels like this weird gotcha moment of like oh isn't it cool that assassin is like multiple assassins but it doesn't really like struck like it's you could just cut this whole bit it does not matter you know what i mean like so much weight is put onto it for nothing anyway 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 uh kotamine is bummed because he sees eerie and is like oh no i guess my boyfriend is not showing up it's just some woman my wife just died i don't care about women anymore uh da 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 Oh, right. So Kiritsugu is going to shoot Lancer's master, who is standing on the roof being like with a sign that says shoot me on it on him. But he can't because Assassin is bundled into the scene. And if Assassin notices him, he'll jump down and kill him. Probably. I don't know why he would because he's trying to hide. So as long as he thinks he's hidden, I don't really understand why he would break his cover. Uh, I, th- I think there might be a throwaway line of like assassins closer to Kiritsugu than well, any uh, saber is, or I don't. Yeah, but his job is just to like he. They went to so much trouble to keep assassin like to make it look like assassin's not there. Why would he break cover for any of this? It's yeah, not, he's not involved in this. Assa- Lancer's master dying is good for him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, which real quick, I do have a thought about this. If you are sitting at home going, why are they picking apart? I know. I'm so sorry. No, I'm going to say, because this is what the book cares about is this maneuvering. And it's like, if I'm, I'm having a miserable experience because all you care about is like, well, or people make a bunch of arbitrary decisions. And then I'm supposed to care about like, Oh, but in the moment there are all these important decisions being made and like Uh constraints. And it's like, Okay, but 30 seconds ago, a bunch of absolutely wild, like, uh, completely no thoughts decisions were made, and I'm supposed to care now? 
Yeah, it's also yeah, just they, like this is this is a fight scene that lasts the entire rest of this book. Yes. Uh there is nothing else to talk about except for this like uh weird boring micro movements. Like I, specifically I promise just I'm trying. I'm trying to care at all about any of this and it's really not working. Specifically just Lancer versus Saber uh and like whatever interjects during that portion is 10% of the book. Mhm. Okay. Like so. Yeah. yeah. So Saber, Kiritsugu's like, okay, I can't kill Lancer's master. Uh, I'm just going to have to leave it to Saber, and Saber's just going to have to not fuck it up. Saber make, is going to make a series of really embarrassing rookie mistakes <laughs> in the next section. And, okay. Act three uh, slash five. Saber, I refuse to believe that this Saber was a king. <laughs> well, or a knight at all. Or even or a even- squire. <laughs> Just the saber we saw before, even. Yes. Like, like I, where, hey, where is Saber with half of her stomach missing standing up? Uh huh. Uh, no, she got nicked on the side and therefore is pathetic and like falls down crying. You know who, you know who couldn't also couldn't heal Saber? Fucking Shiro. <laughs> like, I, it, it's funny, I didn't care about the fight at the time and like, I still don't think it's that great, but. Uh, in Heaven's Feel, Saber vs. Assassin is, you know, it's one where she's booked to lose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly like what needs to happen here with Lancer, because I guess they need to have her injured so they can excuse her not doing jack shit during this whole thing or something. Mm-hmm. I, I, whatever they're trying to do, because that's the whole end goal here is she gets injured. Um, The Assassin one is so much better because you have some, there, there's drama, there's tension in it. Like, mm-hmm. you have moments of Saber pulling ahead. You have the running clock of she needs to get back to Shiro, you, you know, there's, there's drama, yes. <laughs> but here with her versus Lancer, like it's, it's flat. Like the, you have at best them being roughly equal. You have one thing that's better in the book where the book does hammer home. Like, okay, this is the first time you get to see just how destructive the servants are. Mm-hmm. And the anime kind of alights that some by choosing to focus on slow-mo instead of just like the power and speed and everything. It's, uh, and yeah, she she always at best is equal with Lancer mm-hmm. or Lancer pulls slightly ahead and she makes some dumb mistake. And it just, yes, she's brash. She she will be reckless at times, but like this just feels extremely out of character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's see what happens here. They're flirting. Lancer's master is like, stop flirting, killer. Use your NP. He's, he has his spears are both wrapped up. And so Saber's like, which one is his noble phantasm? We have been told many times that you can have more than one uh, noble Mm -hmm. phantasm. And in fact, Saber has multiple. Yeah, Saber has had multiple. And Gil uh, used like a hundred (laughs) swords. You know what I mean? This is already... Just like, your red flag should be up. During the section, it literally names two of Saber's noble phantasms in there. Like, it repeatedly refers to Invisible Air, blah, 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 blah. Invisible Air as is well as technically Exca- a noble phantasm, yeah, but, like, but they, not... they describe it and treat it in the same weight yeah. here. It's also just, like, Saber knows this. All servants know this. They know all the basics mm-hmm. of how this works. So, if someone's got two swords, you should be wary of both swords. This yes. is, like, <laughs> this is very silly. Uh, okay, real quick, uh, a funny anime note is that the book describes his spear as two meters taller than he is, mm-hmm. and it's like, 
Yeah, the spear's like, I don't know, a it's couple hard to use. a couple centimeters shorter than he is in the anime. Which is like, yeah, because it would look really goofy for him to have a like six meter long spear. Or five. Walking around with a pike instead of a spear. Yeah. So he drops the um yeah, because in the anime he has to duel with it like it's a sword, yeah. not like it's a spear. Um He drops the little spear and unwraps the big red spear, which uh certainly brings coup to mind, you know. And then we find out that his spear cancels magical energy. So he can kind of like strip invisible air off of Excalibur so that he can see how long the sword is. And at some point he figures out who she is. Because again, in this world, everyone knows what Excalibur looks like, which yes. is a really funny thing. Um, Right, right. Yeah. So she she does like this like uh future site like battle calculation thing in the anime which is very funny and it's like okay i'm gonna let him hit me it's not even though i think this spear is his noble phantasm it's definitely not going to get through my armor <laughs> so and then i'll kill him and then it goes through her armor magically because it's a magic piercing weapon uh and she gets like a big cut in her side and she's like holy shit well i guess i have to strip now and she takes off her armor. <laughs> okay. Which, uh, again, this guy has been baiting her this entire time. Yes. Uh, the, the It was possibly a mistake to read Arthurian, like, <laughs> Arthurian stuff before, especially before reading this. Because Saber standing up with her half of her tummy missing is far more accurate than, oh no, my side got a little cut up. I guess I'm helpless. Mm -hmm. um, because, like, yeah, the the thing about knights is that the whole... A good knight is someone who's half bled to death and is still fighting. Yeah. And, like, King Arthur is not the most powerful knight, but he was one of the most powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, so he, he should be... Or she, I guess, in this case. Sorry. Um... Gender. That's gender, baby. Saber should be able should have gotten stabbed in the side and still kept fighting. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, she Ku stabbed her in the heart. Yes, yes. <laughs> the first time she and, met him, and she did not waver at all and killed two servants in a row with uh with Shiro as her master. So she was operating at like ten percent of her magical energy. Yeah. Which, like, it, it's not like yes you can have a moment like this in a different story that like oh no you got nicked in this like yes that can be a good moment in storytelling and yada 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 it's the fact that this is in conversation with stay night where you uh -huh. have your main character that's supposed to be a normal dude literally gets his stomach blown out and is fine yeah. you, sure it's because of avalon and other stuff you find out down the line but like that's the standard you're working with here yeah, yeah. normal dudes get blown in half are fine it just and you're talking about servants like yes yeah this whole thing and like we get this in the the like post script too is like urobochi being like oh my goal was to bully saber a lot so so that people would go back and play fate's day night again it's like i don't know man i i guess you're doing a good job uh making her look like a huge fucking wuss uh i already complained about this in stay night is that she kind of jobs to every single person she meets right mm -hmm. but like it just feels insulting <laughs> Insulting. I think to to Blue's point though, a lot of those fights, especially in comparison with this, are like, oh yes, I I believe that Saber lost. Mm -hmm. This is this is a sequence of Saber makes the dumbest possible decision, and or just 
sorry, who is this character supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not Saber. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, like, this this is the first real fight you have in the series. And, like, even you look at Stay Night or even if you want to look at K&K and the way UFO Table did it there with, like, there's so much more, like, actual storytelling happening. Yeah. Whereas this is, like, just slowly trotting in place after everybody had talked up Saber to just slowly wear her down or something. Yeah. And, like, there, there's even a section after this that, like, does a better first scene introduction to, like, action in this series mm-hmm. than this. Saber uh, strips down to her dress, runs straight at him as fast as she can. She does, like, a Sorry, mana Sorry, Ben. Uh, she does a mana burst thing to move faster than the speed of sound. And then uh, Lancer kicks his uh, spe- other spear up into the air, and it perfectly penetrates uh, the tendons in her uh, arm so that she loses feeling in her thumb. She did avoid the spear, like, going into the th- her throat or whatever. But, but, but the book's but perfect the... clockwork world. Instead, yeah. <laughs> it hits exactly the spot of her hand where she, like, can no longer use her other um, hand. Which, which I have I have two complaints about this. One, the book specifically calls her out as moving faster than sound. Mm-hmm. so lancer can't dodge and yet he, he has this. plenty of time to kick a spear off of the ground uh presumably at far less than the speed of sound uh it's like it's this and and also sorry uh, i will finish in a sec uh and also um she should be used to using a sword and a shield together she should be fine one-handing her sword she can't use her noble phantasm though okay also, did, but have we ever seen saber use a shield no but no okay fast. but myth legend yada yada yeah this saber has Which, not used a shield though okay she's, she doesn't need to because she's, she's used avalon as a shield yeah but yes but okay um, I just, just it, additionally with that section there it, it's so funny that the anime like seemed to so the book is like uh you have lancer shifting around and she's like yeah as soon as his stance falters i'll go after him uh, and you know it turns out how it turns out uh the anime i is just like this is such a weird plan like that's not much of an opening so they make him fully trip which looks even more like a bait uh-huh <laughs> and uh, he's, he's like he's like uh there's a car stopping at a red light and he jumps onto it. it's like oh you hit me <laughs> I, I will say the this is another scene where it's like i think the anime is honestly better mm-hmm. because it's not uh because at the very least if you're not uh being critical it's like ah yeah cool fight cool fight right um if you're into that but it's like like, it's like the the book describes saber uh going like like admiring his how he's using the short spear to to guard close to him mm -hmm. and using the long spear to attack and then it's like oh now he just has the long spear all saber needs to do is get close to him Mm -hmm. and and but somehow he's still fine. I don't, uh-huh. Yeah, it's 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 the the problem of uh in anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just look and go like, ah, oh, yeah, that was a cool like move yeah. that that character just did. But describing all of this is like none of it doesn't it doesn't hold up or doesn't like fit together very well. Yeah. It's this, like, like I said before, this, like, perfect clockwork world thing that Urobochi does where, like, oh, this action, it doesn't work the way you expect, but it moves this part of the Rube Goldberg machine, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, every single micro-movement that every single character does, uh, like, doesn't mean anything, but it does 
do something to the state world state, you know, is like, it's just, it's just, I don't, I don't, I, it's just not the kind of writing that I care about at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Act four dash one. We're finally in act four. Oh, we're back to act Ryder. four. Act four. Ryder is grumpy that Lancer's trying to rush his way through this. Uh, Waver had assumed that Ryder was waiting for them to tire each other out and go in for the kill on both. But no, Ryder wants like a big a showdown between all the servants. Uh, it's his birthday, you know, and he wants every video game character to show up. The uh, most ambitious crossover in history. Yes. So he's not willing to let it end like this. So he gets on his uh, his ox cart, the Gordius wheel, he calls it. Uh, it's very funny that every single time a, a special move is mentioned in the book, it like lists the entire full name of it, like the name and subtitle. Okay. I assume that this is an artifact of the it is like uh, JP to CN to yeah, EN translation. Furigana. Yeah. And Furigana, uh, which CN I, doesn't have Furigana as far as I know. Uh-huh. I'm curious if them calling the war Heaven's Feel is also a Furigana thing. Yeah. Mm. I would believe that. That's very funny. Uh, I still don't like it, no. but Same. being able to blame it a little bit on the translator makes it slightly better. Anyway, Lancer got hit a little bit. His master heals him instantly. Uh, Eerie's like, but your health points are full, Saber. I can't heal you anymore. Uh, but her max health has been decreased because... Uh, does anyone know how to pronounce these names? Gay Dierg and Gay Buid? I don't know. I no, I didn't check into it. Dirk is the so red spear. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> Gary, Gary, I apologize to the uh, the nation of Ireland. Yeah. Well, uh, Urbochi should also apologize to the nation of Ireland, but we'll get yes. there in a sec. Uh, the red spear can pierce magic. The yellow spear causes wounds that can't heal. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. And uh, his name is uh, Dirmuid U Uadabin. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I think I've got the first name, mo- like approximate, but I don't De- know about Dear the Mud. Name. I'm like pretty confident on yeah. the rest, <laughs> less so. I apologize again. <laughs> so Saber, this again, it feels like a, a, a like weird contrivance to get Saber down to the power Wait, level of all quick, the other uh, servants, much like the thing with Shiro. You know what I mean? Before we get there, oh. uh, I believe that this is where when when Diarmid gets named. This is where uh, Urbochi says something about uh, Saber, him being related to Saber because she brought fame to his country, (laughs) which is like, Ireland's a different country. I didn't even catch that. Holy shit. They got their own history, you know? Yeah. There's literally... There's a whole... there's, There's a lot of, like, trouble between those two nations. Oh, God. Saber can't take credit for Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) It's doubly so this Saber who has never been across the ocean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. Saber can't use her arm properly, which means that she's much weaker. And also she apparently her noble phantasm literally requires her to use both hands. So she's uh, she can't even use Excalibur. However, because she's such a noble, honorable warrior, she's getting into like battle friend battle excitement, and they do more flirting. 
Then Ryder appears to interrupt them. He's like, his ox like ride on lightning or whatever. You know, it's uh, something something about Zeus. Yeah, it was a gift from Zeus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He announces his true name, which throws everyone for a loop, including Waver. <laughs> and then is like, oh. hey, does anyone want to like buddy up? Everyone like starts shouting at him. Saber is uh, extremely incensed that he would dismiss, would like ask her to join him, and then immediately uh, announces her own true name. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, she says she's a king of Britain, which is like a really? king of Britain with a sword that <laughs> is hidden because it's too obvious. Who, like, <laughs> okay, real quick, Ben, which other kings of Britain can you name? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like I, King I George. Mean, the sword is also mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You like, just don't you don't need to add the sword on top. Like <laughs> it's only King Arthur. Well, I'm saying that uh, Excalibur being one of the most famous swords in history yeah. should make her on the short list of uh, yeah. guesses, yeah. especially for blonde-haired girl. Sorry, you mean the King of a Hundred Knights isn't famous enough for his sword? <laughs> Shout out to the King of a Hundred Knights. He's only got a hundred knights, but he's doing work with them. <laughs> I assume. <laughs> 100 knights is like a decent number, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I'm proud of him for getting Round so table's only like 300 something. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Which they, I guess is also... larger than 100, but. Uh huh. After this, where uh, Saber has fully revealed herself, like everybody starts like, oh, little girl is. Little girl, I little know. girl. This is like. <sighs> It's uh, this is always the thing with with uh, Nasu and Stay Night is like oh yeah Saber looks young right mm-hmm. but like she looks teenager young to yes. me mm-hmm. and Urobochi is like she looks like she's ten years old. Yeah. One hundred and fifty five centimeters isn't that short, is it? I don't know. Anyway, uh, five feet. She's not a she's not a tiny little waif. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Lancer's master starts uh, calling out Waver, pr- pretty obviously making him Waver's teacher, El- uh, Kenneth El Malloy. Uh, there's like th- there's like an interesting difference between the book and the the anime here, where in the anime Waver is like pissing himself scared from the start, mm-hmm. and in the book we get a thing of him being like, at least I have an excuse to kill my teacher, but also he's pretty scary. You know yes. what I mean? This is more of like waver as a little creep uh, yeah. stuff that just gets cut from the from the anime. It is. It's a great moment where waver's like, hmm, justification to hate and kill my teacher, huh? And then he's like, wait, no, my teacher can now hate and kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a genius. Oh no. <laughs> anyway, I do like uh, Ryder like defending his little tiny boyfriend here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, you were supposed to be my master. Well, you're a fucking coward. This little guy might not be tough, but he rode into battle with me. <laughs> Against his will, but... <laughs> he did say on top of the bridge, Ryder's like, I can leave you here. And Waver's oh, like, yeah. please take me with you. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, the, shout outs to the watch party there was, with Ryder and Waver. There was a little bit going on of like, what if what if Waver just rode as Ryder's backpack? Yes. What if yes. he like koala'd on writer and that's just a wonderful image to have watching uh-huh. all of this okay yes uh waiver should get a strap and be one of those like uh front back, waiver should like, get back. a strap <laughs> <laughs> that's not what i meant um <laughs> trans mask icon <laughs> uh, what i meant was you know those like those like front bags that the you baby diagonally born. yeah 
Oh, uh, yeah, also Baby Bjorn. That would also work. <laughs> I just mean like, right, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. No, I know what you mean. They should, he should put him in one of those little cat bubble backpacks and have him on his chest. <laughs> so Waver can look out the little window. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Ryder then issues a challenge to every servant who is watching secretly and is like, hey, why don't we just do a big cool fight? And we get a shot of Kotamine and Tokiomi being like, oh no, <laughs> this is bad. And then Gil uh, appears at the start, well, Act okay. 4-2. It is, yes, it is a challenge. And then it is also, really, but uh, everyone should just like give up their rights to the Grail to me. And yeah. I'll like, make you all my friends. Yes, I'm a king. Everyone else, give it up. Yeah, yeah. Which activates Gil's like, shithead uh, yeah. genes. <laughs> Two people are kings. Uh-huh. How could they? Yeah, yeah. Two people other than Gil. Yes. Uh, so, yes. Gil does some, like, uh, throwing his little hissy fit on top of the lantern. It's cooler when CL does it. It's cooler when CL stands on yeah. top of a lamppost. Now, Kadia, Mato Kadia, is also lurking around somewhere. And he's like, this is perfect. He knows that Gil is Tokiomi's servant. And he tells Berserker to go kill him. Mm -hmm. This is a important part that gets omitted from the anime, as far as I remember. Oh yeah, we don't. Yeah, we, it's, Berserker it's, just appears. Yeah, right? which is well, like so. Yeah, yeah, like in the book, uh, he has a whole thing of just like oh Tokiomi and like going off about Tokiomi and sticking Berserker out. In the anime, like they make him almost look like a cool guy for a second, which just kill him. Mm -hmm. Like just gets the one line and suddenly Berserker appear appears. Um, what real quick? Uh, there was a moment where I was like, Karia. Karia, my boy, my you're not my boy. You're not my boy, Karia. Uh, <laughs> please, please stand like ten feet farther away from me. Yeah. But uh, with the worms, bud. Uh, imagine <laughs> I'm patting you on the back and saying you you could send uh Berserker after Tokiomi directly, and he's like, hmm, I need Tokiomi to lose the Grail War and be humiliated. And I was like, he knows where he is. He's just in his house. Uh, his okay. servant is here. The thing is, is like, yes, this is absolutely the type of person that Karia is. Mm -hmm. Is he's not? He doesn't. He doesn't just want to kill Tokiomi. He wants to truly humiliate and yeah. like make miserable. Yes, this is why. This is why him wanting to protect Aoi and Sakura falls flat on every angle yes. is because what he really wants is to have won this like stupid pissing contest with Tokiomi. Yes. Yes. Anyway, Berserker is a uh ghostly figure in black armor with glowing red eyes. Uh there's like a really cool description of him in the book where it's like people can't quite catch what he actually looks like because it's like every frame of vision is a out of focus photograph of him basically which is a great it's really cool and evocative yeah he's kind of just like a smoky cg guy uh mm -hmm. which i mean it works but it also uh, describes him having a, like a black mist around him yeah yeah, so. yeah. But, the black mist and like doubling and tripling sometimes yeah. And... yeah yeah but it's like a cool uh book description i, th I think that there are yeah. some scenes later where he gets animated a little yeah. better yeah um, it makes him look sound like he's like running at a different frame rate than yes, everything else yes. which is really cool yeah which I, I i do like having him be like the only cg thing really yeah. on screen so so it sort of achieves it uh gil is even madder about berserker than anything else so he starts sh <laughs> he starts blasting <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, Berserker grabs. Wait, wait, what? Ben, we already had a meme for this episode. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> start Boston. Gil on Danny DeVito's little body would be really funny. <laughs> anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> Keep that one in our back pocket. But pl- Gil's gonna do plenty of blasting. Yeah, he sure is. <laughs> Berserker. Okay. Sorry. Do you think Gil's? <laughs> what was that? What was that, Fen? Hey, Fen. Do you want to say that slower and clearer into the microphone so that we can capture it for posterity? Do you think Tokyo Me lets Gil top? <laughs> there is no other way for that to go. Or do you this, think Gil no, is a pillow princess? I, I think the I was about Let's to say, the two the... of them are the, ah, uh, but they were both tops. <laughs> panel. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Kotomine absolutely allows Gil to top. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is the thing, is that Tokiomi is such a, like, boot kisser every time Gil is on screen with him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's whatever Gil prefers. <laughs> anyway. Some stuff is shooting at Berserker. Berserker grabs a sword out of the air, which is cool, and uh, uses it to knock all the other weapons out of the air. Oh, well, yes. The the first shot of this, which is Gil shooting two weapons at yes, Berserker. Yes, there's well, specific numbers, <laughs> and they go up. No, what I was going to say was... Great shot, because mm. it's like Lancer grabs a sword and knocks away a spear. And, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's a cool thing. And then both the anime and the book are like, hey, that was really cool. What if there was more what of we it? We did this two more times with like gradually increasing numbers and I'm of like, weapons. And every time everyone's like, oh, he's not going to get out of this one. And then he gets out of this one. <laughs> and I, yeah. a person who does not particularly care for fight scenes, uh, is like, no, just the once was fine. The once was that cool. That was cool. Gil gets extra, like super pissy because like these are his noble phantasms, and you're not supposed to be able to just grab those and use them at mm-hmm. will, you know? And also, he's Gil, so he's extra mad. Uh, Berserker stunts on Gil for a while. <laughs> And everyone kind of figures up that figures out that like Berserker is somehow stealing these NPs and making himself stronger with them. And every time a stronger sword gets sent his way, because Gil keeps sending stronger stuff his way, he like drops his sword and equips a new one. Like he's like an RPG character. <laughs> There's a little da 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 da. Every time he equips a new sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Ryder is the one who's like, this is just a terrible matchup for Archer. <laughs> And then yep. uh, Tokiomi uses a command spell to talk Gil down, and uh, Gil leaves. This was the introductory fight I was saying is just, like, so much better than what they did with Lancer and Saber. Yeah. Like, you have a little bit of knowing what Gil's doing. You have this quick, just couple of things back and forth, and that's it. <laughs> uh, yes, we. I don't think they... Say exactly that the command spell gets used in the book yet. I I remember there being some like, oh, Tokiomi's like, oh no, it's not very elegant of me to use a command spell first. But then Gil backs off, so he uses a command spell. The anime shows it like pretty explicitly. Then Berserker looks at Saber, screams, and runs at her. (laughs) I wonder who I wonder gets out Arthur. Hmm? Or he says something like he he says something with the the like vowel a in it. I put it together and it was wag. <laughs> oh, not quite Arthur. 
Act 4-3. I hope you like cool fights that are still happening. We get a cut to Karya. He's not doing very good. Uh, he can't stop Berserker from doing his thing and doesn't use his command spells mm-hmm. for some reason. There's more fighting. Uh, Berserker picks up a, a chunk of lamppost uh, to brandish at Saber, and it's like turned into his NP, basically. So anything he touches becomes his NP. Mm-hmm. So what we get. Oh, he's got like tentacles in the anime also at this point. He like sprouts tentacles as soon as he sees Saber. Mm-hmm. A lot of tentacles in this. We're gonna get more tentacles later. Oh, yeah. Huh. Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> Spoilers for tentacle content. No, we saw it already, because the kid uh in the anime that uh, uh Bluebeard yeah, killed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Berserker is winning because Saber is uh, powered down. Uh, no one knows where Berserker's master is, so uh, uh, Kiritsugu is useless. Lancer, though, women aren't going to get hurt on his watch. Not <laughs> Unless it's by him. Unless it's in an honorable duel with him, the women respecter. He steps in to stop Berserker, uh, and then his master commands him to help Berserker and kill Saber. Mm-hmm. Saber's like, okay, I'm going to go out here. Uh, I'm going to die. Uh, Eerie, get the hell away. And she's like, no, I believe in my beautiful, beautiful man. He's going to save us. So Kiritsugu, using logic and reason, has like figured out the like best possible way to turn the tide of this, which is shoot Lancer while Maya shoots Assassin to distract shoot Lancer's Assassin. Master. Lancer's master, yeah. Etc. 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 Yeah, there's. Uh, yeah, it's fine. I know that zero is like a technically not in the stay night continuity, mm-hmm. but uh, it does talk about command seals being absolute orders, which they are not. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. If a an order like stab saber would be effect, stab saber with all your might mm-hmm. would be effective. In order, like help berserker to kill saber yeah is like well yeah he could probably I, resist that right yes yes he could absolutely well, and, resist it yeah and they are able to resist it just costs them by resisting yes yeah. yes but but the both the anime and the book are like no it's an absolute order yeah yeah he, he has immediately no just starts swinging at saber oh uh, and like he's mad about it but he's yes. doing it right yes. <clears throat> so before they can overcome saber <laughs> fucking rider grand theft auto wasted uh, <laughs> wait, like knocks berserker and like runs him over with his ox and berserker is a little fucked up and gets out of there it's funny because i the i did not get at all the impression that berserker was hurt in the anime yeah it says that he's really fucked up in the book yeah. but in the anime he's just kind of like yeah. on the ground like a little creature and then yeah. disappears which it's a good it's a good like yeah I, he looks like a frog uh-huh. Which is a good pose for him. He does move like a Dark Souls enemy is yeah. kind of his thing, right? He, he yeah. Like one of the uh, knights from like Dark Souls 3 that crawl around on the ground. Uh, or again, someone in the watch party brought it up, but Artorias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good example. Yeah. I never played that DLC. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the knights in Dark Souls 3 references to Artorias. So. Yeah, yeah. So... 
Right. So uh, Ryder tells Lancer's master, like, hey, loser, we're going to kill Lancer together if you push this issue. So have him have him retreat. Lancer leaves. Uh, Him and Saber give each other like a noble warrior nod. Um, I like Koo so much better than this guy. Yeah. Who's a dirtbag, you know? Who this has, is like, like, personality? Yeah, besides, I'm an honorable man, you yeah. know? He's not honorable. He's a nasty boy. <laughs> yeah. It's like a dirtbag over a fuckboy. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, anyway, I'm glad, uh, God, dear Mird, um, we just, uh, gone for now. Not dead. Not dead. We're, like, I said this during the watch party, uh, He's kind of fulfilling a similar role for me that a uh, fake assassin like uh, that Kojiro did, mm-hmm. right? He's like the the honorable duel, duel that they can both enjoy to but their fullest or whatever. Kojiro, say what you will about him, uh, way overused. Yes, but but I like I like his bit of. I like, didn't hate him the first time I saw him. I hated yeah. him the eighth time I saw yes. him. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, yeah, it's fun that there's a guy who's like tethered to a place and shouldn't yeah. exist, and he has he has a bunch okay. of things going on, not just mm-hmm. I am a noble knight. Yeah, it's it's funny that he's like, well, everyone else has all this stuff happening, but uh, I'm stuck here, so <laughs> I'm just gonna like really obviously and annoyingly get in your way, <laughs> so that I can it's get literally what I the want. only thing I can do. So. Yes. Uh huh. Whereas Steamer is just this like uh like oh the noble showdown between two knights exactly he's, he's like talking out of both sides of his mouth too though because it's he's always doing like sly setups and everything like mm-hmm. honestly like after the way the fight started like I don't believe that he cared about uh, whether or not it was an actual fair duel that she wasn't yeah. <laughs> enslaved by his beauty mark. Oh, also he does say pretty good for a girl or something like that in the anime. Yeah. I don't remember. <sighs> uh-huh so uh rider and saber argue about kingship for a second and then rider's like i don't want to fight you till you beat lancer or lancer beats you because you're not at 100 percent." and then he mm-hmm. leaves eerie's like looking around now that everyone's gone and she's like wow this truly is the holy grail war and now the real battle begins and in the anime they both literally turn to the camera <laughs> <laughs> and i was like this has got to be the end of this damn book and it's not we don't have much more no. we have act 4-4 <laughs> i was like thank okay it sucks that this book is still going on but at least the fight is over and then uh fucking uriu and caster starts cackling screaming and i'm like i let's go back to the fight boys <laughs> it's really incredible that uh in a in a book with a bunch of extremely unlikable men, there are two. My, these are my two least favorite characters. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they don't really have much going on, huh? Yeah, I think the only other that's a similar tier of God I don't want to see more on screen would be El Malloy. Yeah, but that's like just El Malloy. There's like a funny <laughs> thing between him and Waver being like Waver is his like annoying student who kind of wants to kill him, it, and him being the annoying exactly. teacher yeah. also kind of wants to kill him. That's like, kind of funny. Yeah, but like I, 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 don't, so I wouldn't boring. like. Yeah, if if El Malloy was in a singular scene like this yes, by himself, yes. monologuing yeah. or something, would be as intolerable. Oh, hopefully, we don't get any of those. <sighs> anyway, speaking of like annoying shit, Caster. 
uh, Bluebeard, has decided that he's obsessed with Saber and that he's a holy virgin who is betrayed by God or whatever. Uh, she is. He's but, not. <laughs> he is not one of those, but he thinks that Saber is. Yes. I don't know who he thinks Saber is. Well, I do know, but like he doesn't say who he thinks Saber, what he, who he recognizes Saber as. But he's like really jazzed about it. Nuriu is like, "Whoa! If if my boss is this excited, I should be excited too." Yeah, he well, uh, Rianosuke is just uh, delighting in whatever murder they just. Yeah, there's something about how stinky and like bloody yeah. and screaming the room they're in is, or whatever. Like, I can't really make sense of the space that they're in in the anime. Mm. Uh, it's like dark. I, we uh. get shots of it later. I still have no idea where it is. Anyway. Saber's a beautiful, beautiful virgin, apparently. Aw. Then we cut over to Kotamine, who's talking to Assassin. Uh, he, like... <laughs> apparently they have, like, an army of church cleanup people who are gonna, like, repair the docks or and, like, cover it up and all this stuff. Well, it seems like a mix of, like, freelancers and, uh-huh. like, government employees and... This is, like... This is the stuff where, like, Holy Grail Wars just don't make sense. Yes. Like well, or they make sense in, uh, in Nasu's world, where it's like, oh yeah, you don't yeah. need to think about. Go to figures yeah. it out. Uh, they yeah. make no sense in this where like it cares about details and it's uh-huh. like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, because like, you can't like just CL can't just like throw up a bounded field and nothing. Well, no one will notice. But there has to be like like men in black who uh like a veritable army of them yes. who appears and like cleans it all up and bribes people and stuff like that mm-hmm. you can't hand wave it which is like fine but it's really not what i'm like i don't it's just, care it's about just like this it's like at it, some point you have to build your world around caring about those details do you remember when i was saying something about how fate stay night feels too big compared to tsukihime this is one of my yeah. my like main mm-hmm. like thematic things is that fate stay night is just bigger Mm-hmm. right it it like feels more part of the world whereas yeah. the thing i really like about the far side route of tsukihime is that it's a couple of people in a spooky house yes. right yeah. and like the world yeah. doesn't matter and like the world can't reach them mm-hmm. zero is like uh like way way more of an offender <laughs> for this to be you know yes. what i mean it's like like zero the fucking united fate. nations is here <laughs> you know what i mean zero makes <laughs> stay night and tsukihime look basically identical in scale yes, right <laughs> Yeah, okay. So, um, Kotamine does, like, yet another recap of the situation that we just fucking saw. Um, and he's like, well, at least no one noticed Assassin was there. It's like, yeah, sure, no one noticed Assassin's there. And Gil never said his name, so he's like, well, no one will figure out who Gil is, either. It's like, I don't know. To to be fair, Gil is a little hard to figure out, Mm -hmm, but... mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels like they all have like teams of thousands of researchers who yeah. could probably make an educated yeah. guess. They all have the fucking magi from fucking Evangelion <laughs> like plugged in in their <laughs> hotel rooms. Uh, assassin, another one of Assassin shows up and brings him a dead bat and is like, hey, someone's spying on the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he sees that it has a camera strapped to it and he's like, oh, what is what's this? Probably Kiritsugu's going to be here after all, and he's all excited about that. Oh, did we get a bit where uh, I remember, I don't think I said this, but Maya told uh, Kiritsugu about 
uh Kotamine surrendering to the church and him immediately being like that's fake yeah i'm too smart for i think yeah. that was yeah yeah that was way early on that well, was he, yeah. he that was right before maya he, kisses him dramatic he's work. so sure about it he asks her what her impression of it is yeah. to like, no it's totally fake well he's so smart you know yeah he's the it smartest is, of them all okay the dumbest yeah. of them all we didn't talk about exactly we didn't talk about this at the time but that scene is so wild because he takes credit for everything that she says He's like, oh, yeah, as I taught her, she thinks the same as I do. Oh, well, yeah, Fen, she's a woman. Yes, <laughs> like, no. She doesn't really have her own independent self. She's defined entirely through her relationship with him. Yeah. And, like, they literally refer obvious, to, like, yeah. how machine-like she is, too. And, well, just... <laughs> and yet, still hot. I Well, and I bring it, I bring it up because yeah. there is also the scene where she's like, oh, yeah, up there. And he's like no 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 you're not as smart as i am uh-huh yep uh karia <laughs> takes him like 10 minutes or something to remove the sewer grate yeah and get He's out doing too good i really don't this guy should just really risk it for the biscuit and send berserker to kill his grandpa yeah i really don't understand yeah. why he doesn't try this it's yeah. it's because he doesn't actually care about soccer he only yeah. cares about tokyomi yeah etc yes. etc but like bud you gotta know you're not winning the holy grail war at this point right well there's also a moment where he's like he's like i could i could use a command seal to get berserker back but i only have three of these and i'm like my dude one fight almost killed you i don't think you're, you're gonna last bud. three more yeah. in in the anime they have him like double over vomiting up worms and blood yeah, yeah. I really do think he could, he could like, if he wants to change the future, I don't think Zoken can take Berserker. No. If no one's going to come to Zoken's aid. He's already understanding that he's going to die no matter what through this process. So like, just fucking go for it, dude. Yeah. I don't know. But no, just got to suck as much as possible for as long as possible. So speaking of the postscript, (laughs) (laughs) these postscripts are fascinating. Urobochi is such a dramatic little bitch. <laughs> such a fucking baby. He's like, I was so paralyzed by the concept of, concept of entropy that I could no longer write. <laughs> oh, God. Talking um, about how he wants to write happy endings and he just can't do it when he, when he writes. He just can't make that work. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It this, is, is, this, is, this kind of behavior is endearing when it's like Bochi or like a teenage girl, but it's yeah. like, come on, bud. I'm also scared of the concept of entropy and death. Uh, okay, but this, this is the thing, is that I found this postscript like kind of charming in like a chuny way because of yeah. how like on his bullshit he is while writing this. Yeah. Uh, and like Nasu's like little pixie man trying to like bait him into writing something well, for him is one of, funny. One of the... F- one of my favorite parts of Nasu's part of the uh, epilogue or mm-hmm. postscript it yeah sorry epilogue is for a story postscript yeah. is for anyway um part of the postscript is like the bit where he talks about they used to be a dojin circle mm-hmm. and then they became a company and like it's harder to get people to write for a company because you have to like write out contracts and stuff yeah. um he doesn't say the bit about contracts but it's yeah. like oh right Urobochi is a popular guy who it's like getting your friend to write something for your like small little hobby thing is yeah. way easier than it is like 
okay, how much are we going to pay you for this? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the, what is, what, yeah, we have to yeah. work out all this stuff because we're a company. It's not just, you're my friend. I really like, we get this bit where Urobochi's like, oh yeah. I, so I was like, maybe I'll never write again. And then like, I was hanging out at Nasu's house. Takeuchi was also there. And Takeuchi was like, hey, do you want to write something for us? Uh-huh. And then we get Nasu's perspective where he's like, I was too intimidated because I'm such a Urobochi fanboy. So I had said to Takeuchi, <laughs> like, will you ask him? Will you ask him to do it? He'll do, he'll do it if you ask. Will, will you ask him in a, like a nice roundabout way and then uh Takuji sits down and is like will you write for us this it was is... so it was so straightforward <laughs> this is the bromance that i'm rooting for that i'm excited yeah. uh, about is the real honestly, life romance between urobochi and nasu honestly reading this book and especially the postscript here actually has me interested in the like D made manga thing that they have which i hear is uh, i've heard is not that great at all but like it seems interesting watch now that anime uh-huh um, and or read the manga we also get that urobochi was almost tapped to help write face day night yes which is really which we've mm-hmm. i've heard before yeah. it's been brought up before um but yeah it didn't is, happen it was it was interesting hearing nasu say this might be the last uh game that I work on totally alone. And is that I believe true? that he writes uh Mahoyo all by himself. Okay. Well, what about Tsukihime I, remake? That would feel weird for him yeah, to like take on other writers for. I see. But like that, Grand Order, like oh, Grand Order is a not bunch written of different just writers. Him. I Extra, that, I think, is written by someone else and he does the main like the original script or something like that but they you have, I think you the have extra a, and a support CCC writers both have support writers yes. yeah uh-huh. uh someone can correct us if that's wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. but but yeah that's um, an interesting uh like it is yeah it is interesting that like they've hit the oh, scale yeah. where he's like okay i might not really have the luxury of making things like this I think, anymore i think he gets mahoyo and then yeah he doesn't write anything by himself for a long time yeah interesting um Urobochi, which again is like again is like interesting they made a transition from doujin circle to company because they could do that because yes. of their they could do that but also like yeah it it's like a whole that doesn't thing. just like bring money that brings a bunch of like complications oh extremely yes yep uh, uh we get the thing where Urobochi is like uh yeah i just wanted to bully saber a lot and like they they really hype up book four's ending, yeah. being this well, like grim, horrible, like torturous thing that's going to make everyone so sad and upset that they go back to play Fate Stay Night, and it's like reading Fate Zero is making me appreciate Stay Night more. Um, <laughs> well, it's the it's the double thing of Urobochi is basically like, well, I can write whatever I want because mm-hmm. there exists a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, and yeah. that happy ending is Fate Stay Night. He's he's like, I don't have to be the one to make it happy. Yeah. Someone else can do that, so I can uh, just write it as bad as I want. But but also, uh, two more things I want to say. One is, as I said earlier, uh, Urboji's like, yeah, the genesis of this entire series was a fight between Kuritsugu and Kotomine. <laughs> um, and that, like, in some real way, this entire series exists to get to the point where those two face down. Yeah. Uh, which is like very clear if you're reading it because constantly the book is making parallels between the two. They're the fated shonen rivals yeah. in this. Um, and like, you know what? I don't really care. About and secondly, shonen rivals. Maybe this is blasphemous of me. I don't care about fated shonen rivals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> neither do I. Noted, noted uh, battle shonen hater Fen Fox uh-huh. here to say 
I just don't care about mm. boys who are fated to fight each other. Uh-huh. Uh, secondly, it makes so much sense that in a, in a similar way to, oh yeah, of course Prilia is like a a paragraph of Kagetsu Toya or not Kagetsu Toya. God damn it, <laughs> Holodaraxia <laughs> that uh, that guy took and made an entire uh manga out of that got popular enough that he got two more like series of it uh one of which is still ongoing uh it makes so much sense that uh at that dinner um orobochi was like hey so what is uh zero about Uh, what was the fourth holy grail war about and nasu just like off off offhandedly is like it's about iskander and gil bullying saber and it's like oh that could have been worked into maybe something interesting or like transformed into an interesting premise mm-hmm. and instead it's just like oh yeah a dinner comment by nasu has resulted in four books about bullying saber about saber sucking ass and losing and yeah. uh being trod upon and uh not being very smart and yes <laughs> well it's it's the thing of like I don't want to fully lay this out Urobochi's feet. It's the kind of thing that is like, oh, yeah. I mean, Nasu wrote notes for how this went, right? There are notes that Urobochi is, like, taking into consideration. And yeah. There, there was some amount of back and forth between yeah. them, too. Yes. Um, but it does feel like the kind of thing... or and, and also, at some point, you're like, oh, well, yes, the original creator of the work said this, and so therefore it must be somewhat important. Yeah. But the way it is written in the in the postscript is like oh that was an offhanded comment mm-hmm. that may have developed into a real idea or been discarded if mm-hmm. it, if it turned out it wasn't a great idea and instead it's like oh no that's just the core of the thing yeah yeah uh i'm glad nasu likes zero this much you know having your favorite one of your favorite writers who's also your friend write your characters that must be like a tra- like a transcendental experience <laughs> you know yeah. i'm glad nasu is happy uh i'm not enjoying myself but you know they can't all be winners i hope that yes uh i'm trying to get my like vitriol out but like I, man it keeps welling up oh side. ben and i get so much of our negativity out before recording <laughs> and yet somehow there's always more i'm so oh. sorry people there is like well, I, I hope there's a, that there's a lot of fate stuff coming up that's pretty mid, and then there's some like extreme bangers. Yeah. So I don't know what else we're gonna be this down <laughs> down on for yeah. a while. Um I, and, <laughs> Um Ben has taken all of the wind out of my sails <laughs> by reminding me that we have to read that really mid manga. Uh, I I am hoping that uh the second and third series are more interesting. Mm-hmm. I have heard I have heard that they are. It's hard to imagine they could be more boring than the first series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah i i I hope that we have been thoughtful enough in our critique that even if you do like zero you understand where we are coming from and aren't having a miserable time listening to us. Yeah, I feel like sometimes we get stuck in the trap of like pick, nitpicking the little machine the little machinings of it because I think this is part of what makes Urobochi divisive 
is that his his writing leads itself to being picked apart on like a superficial level because of the way it all fits together right and it's like I hope that we met we managed to also talk about the broad thematic things that we don't like about it because I don't like that shit either sorry what broad thematic things Ben it's <laughs> cool when men have weapons cheat on their wives and die this is yeah. so yeah so something that I don't know might be slightly positive out of that that uh I guess kind of pairs with bunny girl senpai for going along with these is uh just realizing how much the form that you're consuming the media in <laughs> influences like how things uh appear at all mm -hmm. like uh specifically like that back half of the book that is just all a sequence of fights and everybody meets together and just like Okay, yeah, at the end of a book, I completely understand how you end up there, you, mm -hmm. especially when so much of it has been uh, just set up of everything else. Like, the entire book is set up. You need to have some sort of interaction there uh, between the players to kind of show where you're going. And then, like, uh, reappraising it again after reading the uh, postscript where they specifically say they they consider this book as a whole a prologue for the series. Mm-hmm. Which, like, completely, again, made me kind of reevaluate how I was looking at it and be a, a little less down on it. <laughs> uh, just because, like, okay, cool. So you are cramming all the stuff that is kind of busy work out of the way here. You want to get all the rehashed stuff. You want to get, uh, you want to get the main conflicts mm -hmm. started by showing who's there. You, you want to get all this set of work done in one book. And you need to have some sort of a capping action at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whereas uh, then you look over at the anime and you're looking at functionally we're six episodes in. Yeah, <laughs> it's six episodes in. So oh, okay, much. just I'm, like think about all the stuff and that has happened in Madoka by six episodes into the twelve episode series. Yeah, this and is like <laughs> and like uh, so we're functionally six episodes in and like we get everybody meeting up by like roughly episode functionally episode five so it's episode four you have that double length episode in the beginning mm -hmm. most other death game episodes and things if they're gonna have a meetup with all of the players that happens episode one or two mm -hmm. because that's what you need for everything else to kind of propel forward and like for an anime that you're gonna be doing the death game with this big cast and to try and get the ball moving like so much of the stuff it would have made more sense to either omit or add in as flashback later on and just yeah. speed it up um yeah it's like and, it's and, bad reading it's just bo like boring like grindingly slow reading and it's like the anime is yeah. not that great for this either but it is way more watchable than <laughs> the book is readable this is yeah. at least in part due to the translation yes. being uh but like not. the translation isn't going to change those like 10 pages of weapon descriptions no. you know what i mean yes like this is what i'm talking like, about it's like even just the like the the things that it is interested in like it's not that interesting for me you know it's like they spend so much time setting up the like global situation of each character <laughs> uh-huh and like translation can't fix that and like maybe better prose would make it a little more digestible but like yeah i probably if it was like well translated i could read it in japanese at a reasonable pace it probably wouldn't be like 
it probably wouldn't be like i want to close the book and go do anything else with my life uh but still it's not gonna it's just not my thing yeah you know mm-hmm. this isn't what i'm reading like hollow ataraxia joke scenes this is not what i'm reading fave like fade stuff mm-hmm. for well how long do we go We are part of the Abnormal Mapping Network. How long did we go? I'll tell you after we're done. <laughs> uh, but I want to know now. Go listen to other Abnormal Mapping ne- episodes. Uh, the most recent Abnormal Mapping I listened to is Mega Man Legends. Uh, they, really they made good. me want to play Mega Man Legends. Wow. That game sounds great. I never finished it, and I really want to go back now. Like It sounds real good. Making it sound like... Like, like they discuss an alternate future. What if Mega Man Legends was what defined the future of 3D action games instead of Ocarina of Time? Uh, it sounds like uh, not, it not necessarily much, a better but, world, yeah. but a different one. It's definitely a different yeah. world. Um, yep. I'm not a Mega Man person, and I do like Zelda games, so it sounds like a world where I would have worse... Hmm, maybe I'd be cooler <laughs> because I like Ocarina of Time. Well, it does. <laughs> Mega Man Legends does feel more like Disco Elysium hmm. than like uh, kind of yeah, more like Dungeon Explorer. That's a really funny. Uh, this is like a Mist or Doom kind of situation, huh? Yes, is what a little like. bit, a like, little bit. Like it, it still has. It dungeons, sounded, but yeah, for but uh, it sounds like or Mega Man Legends sounds like uh, you are you are exploring a city. Mm-hmm. Um, versus Ocarina of Times, like wandering around and yeah. going a bunch of different places. So yes, listen to abnormal mapping, um, et cetera, et cetera. What else do we say? Where can people find you, Blute? Um, I look for Blutevine and wherever. Uh, I, I'm kind of dabbling with Blue Sky, but it's kind of an empty void. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I look at Twitter somewhat. Uh, repost some things like I'm, I'm really not online that much uh i'm social media i'm kind of lately. lurking yeah i'm kind of lurking in the discords I'm, i've been a little more active in the fma discord lately but... uh-huh because uh-huh. <laughs> we've been dunking on bunny curl <laughs> <I'm so laughs> not sorry. only because of that but <laughs> uh... no it's all right i and it's actually kind of been nice so an upside of coming on here so you don't feel like you've just been shitting on everything that I bring or anything like that. No. <laughs> um, what what it's made me realize is like a lot of things that even are mid or whatever, I tend to really latch hard onto individual things mm-hmm. from those things. And like the memories, what I take away from something tends to be oriented around that. Totally. And then like when I come back to it later on, like coming on here, I start going, oh, fuck, what about all of this? Uh, this is, but I still really like this, but... This is extremely how I approach stuff. This is why I'm ride or die for Tsukihime, despite waves my hands, Tsukihime. I'm, <laughs> I'm right there with you. But, Tsukihime, my favorite. Tsukihime, shout outs to fucking Tsukihime. We should start asking guests what's their favorite thing that we've covered so far. Ooh. Tsukihime. Shout outs, Blue. You're a hero, a Hell champion. Yeah. Uh, I would give you like a ribbon if I could. <laughs> Tsukihime is what started me having any interest in urban fantasy at all. No. So. Tsukihime. My favorite thing that we've covered so far. Fen. I was also 16 when I watched it or read it. So. <laughs> Perfect time. 
Exactly. God. I would be so feral if I'd read uh, Stay Night, uh, what, like, originally at, uh -huh. like, 17 or whatever. God, it's a, it's a completely, like, the world could never have lined up for me to read Tsukihime when I was in high school, but it would this, be a fascinating This is world. the thing I'm kicking myself for, is the world did line up <laughs> to be a place where I could have read Stay Night when I was uh -huh. 15 or whatever. Um, what's, what's infuriating for me, having read it back then, though, is like I annoyed the hell out of friends that might have been susceptible mm -hmm. to reading it, and none of them did, or they tried and bounced off of it. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. what infuriates me more than anything is Fate Stay Night's popularity, so I become the Fate Weirdo, rather than, like, motherfucker, it's Tsukihime, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tsukihime. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Fen, where can people find you on the internet? Fryingrules actually at gmail.com is our email. Oh. Um, You're doing this way out of order. Usually we do people, yeah, then show. Well, <laughs> the thing is, is you can't really... You can find me at that email address. You can find me on the Fate Moon Archive Discord, but <laughs> not really anywhere else. I suppose Hell that's yeah. fair. As always, DM us if you need an invite or whatever. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ben? Where can people find you? Yeah, if you want to follow my adventures through uh, Tsukihime Remake in Japanese very slowly, you can find that in the Discord. You can also find me on Twitter at BenEnds. I'm also on co-host at BenEnds. Uh, on Twitter also, I tweet about my visual novel I'm working on uh, you just at posted, Gender. You just posted an incredible con. Yes, uh, yes. Someone, someone, a co-host has asks, which is fun. I've never had asks before. And someone was like, oh, do you have any more pictures of the cute maid? And I was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I spent all day drawing pictures of that cute maid. <laughs> Hell yeah. And now I have an inbox full of other requests for girls from Reckless Sympathy <laughs> in various situations. Uh, not in, not really full. The, the scale we're talking about for me is very small. But uh, so I'm going to do a bunch of dumb drawings. So really what you're saying is go flood Ben's inbox. Yeah, request. send me, send me <laughs> requests to see pictures of my Reckless Sympathy girls. Uh, I need more uh, excuses to dr practice drawing them anyway. Uh, free advertising. What else? Yeah, free. Like, all right. Crying rolls <laughs> on Twitter. Yep, we're crying rolls on Twitter, and we are fate dash moon dash archive on co-host. On co-host, I do post the episodes on co-host and on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Uh, Fen, if someone wanted to leave a five star review for our podcast on their podcast platform of choice, what could they do? This is an excellent question, Ben. Fate Zero OTP? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leave us your Fate Zero OTP. We haven't checked. Uh, and why is it Waver Rider? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the only good pairing in the show. Eerie Saber, I could say. Eerie Saber is... This is this is my problem. Is that, like, Waver Rider is textual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eerie Saber is Saber is wearing a suit near a woman. Yes. Yeah. And the problem with it is that there, the anime gives you more to work with because there are like nice gestures like Saber removing her glove and like taking Eerie out of the car. And uh, uh, the book is like, it oh, is not all verse like, like women <laughs> dressing up like men usually is. Uh, and all Eerie talks about is her husband. Yeah. Yeah. I, Are I we going to get a Bechdel test? <laughs> is it possible? Are there enough women in the show for that to be possible? Yeah, Saber and Eerie. <laughs> but, like, they mostly just talk about men because yeah, all of the servants are yep. problem. Uh-huh. Yep. 
there are technically enough women in the show but assassin is sometimes a girl but are there any other girls no right no it's all men servants yep yep and assassin is again only part-time girl and saber's only a girl because she's required to be we we've also i mean who knows who's under the armor for berserker there's no women masters right no they're all nope i mean eerie's a fake master yeah that's what i'm saying is eerie's not even actually a master yeah Harry's basically Ur- not a character. Urbuck, he knows what he's about, <laughs> and it's boys and men. And yet, this is gonna lead into him writing fucking Madoka. I don't understand how these two things like like go from one to the other. Anyway, anyway, anyway. One day, let's meet in the digital <laughs> sea. What were you saying? Sorry. Oh, uh, we didn't say that Blute's not going to be here next time. Oh. Oh, we need to do... the next time stuff. We need to do next time stuff. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And you kind of cut us off there. Uh, I feel like we're missing some things. Next time. I'm leaving that in, though. (laughs) Please don't cut that. (laughs) It's funnier. Next time. We are... Saying goodbye to Blute. Blute, now that we finished Bunny Girl, you're going to leave. You'll be yeah. back someday, I'm sure. Thank okay. you for joining us. It's I'll, been a I'll, lovely I'll find something. You. I'll find something else to disappoint you with. <laughs> yes, <laughs> find something else divisive that we can complain I will, about. I will hey, try hard to enjoy actually, the next wait, thing you bring. Was, hey, if, if you guys do end up trying Symphogear ever, bring oh, me on for it. Okay. <laughs> we'll save. I adore it, Was it? but also it's not good. <laughs> okay. What was it last time? Was it uh, Talentless Nana? Was that it? Yes. Talentless okay. Nana was one I of the liked, last ones. I liked Bunny Girl way more than Talentless Nana. So okay, you're moving up in the world. Also uh, Beauty and the Beast Girl. Hmm. You were way higher on that than I was, Ben. <laughs> because just about it, it everyone was way in the too webcomic-y for you guys. On that than I am. <laughs> of that yeah. Beauty and Beast Girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking, looking at the the manga updates um page for uh Age Gap Yuri and seeing Beauty and the Beast Girl like top five was a true like. I have such a different opinion of media <laughs> than uh-huh. most people. Or like even just like a definition of age gap here. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but like your reason for bouncing off of it is totally valid on it of just like how webcomic-y it was. Yeah, like yeah. I, I completely get that and see it. And then I think before that was before uh, Yuri Tea Time had pared down and I just kind of word vomited a bunch of Yuri I'd been reading. Mm. Right, right, right. We... Remember, remember that the first like almost a year, the first eight months of this podcast, we didn't have Yuri Tea Time. It's because it's a different podcast that we cram into this podcast <laughs> to make everyone's lives more difficult, including our damn own. Speaking of Yuri Tea Time. <laughs> Yeah, what's up? Uh, next time we are covering a Midsummer's Day, a Midsummer Day's Resonance, which is a VN from two thousand something. Okay, Let as me, part okay. of our visual novel project. Uh, our um, what's the name of the jam? Uh, 
um, all together. All together. Part of their our all together jam uh, coverage. Let me look. I up. love to cover uh, translation jams from 2005. Okay, they're yeah. Um, it is a 2002 game that was translated in 2005. I see. Okay. Uh, it is an hour and four minutes long. Okay, a little longer. This. Uh, it's no Narcissu, but it's yeah. a little longer. And we are reading uh, the entirety of Silent Sinner in Blue, which is a Toho manga. Oh. Oh, hell yeah. Is this Peregrine? Yes. <laughs> hell yeah. I've been needing an in for Toho. Like, uh, I, heard, I like shmups and I've never played Toho. Not just from Peregrine about uh-huh. how good Silent Sinner in Blue is. So. I did try the hmm. Toho gotcha, which I think is probably the worst possible way to try and get into Toho. <laughs> yeah. But I also did this on Peregrine's uh, recommendation, basically. Uh, as far as I know, Peregrine really didn't like... Peregrine like started it optimistically, and yeah. that's why I started it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Don't play the Toho gotcha. No. Uh, no. Silence. I've heard good things on the Metroidvania, which was oh. on Game Pass for a while. Yeah, I played that, um, right? Yeah, Fen like a it. ton of fun. I I don't That's think like I've... a Momodora kind of vibe, right? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I don't think I finished the. Um, Does Momodora I have a Toho vibe? I didn't finish the DLC, but mm-hmm. um, okay. the main game's fantastic, yeah. and I played a bunch of the DLC, and I think I got to the final boss, and then was like. Oh, but I missed some upgrades. I should go grab those. Classic fan behavior. Mm. Uh, so, Silent Sinner in Blue Dojin, did you say? Uh, it's it? semi-official? Semi-official. Um, I to- think Toho's Zoom weird on that one. With it, or... One sec. Um, let's see. It is three volumes, 21 chapters. Okay. So, shouldn't be that bad. Mm-hmm. Are we going to talk about Game Club 2, or... Um, do you want to save that? We don't have a second thing for episode 65, so we could, yeah, let's talk about Game Club next time. Okay, that's not that long. Yeah, I wouldn't, I would not mind reread. I would love to an excuse to read that. It's kind of in a, a, a like world with Shimeji simulation and like uh, Oddman 11. What that kind that of even vibe, mean, you know, Ben, like a like a Dome and Simon kind of uh, yeah. vibe. Uh, game club or game club or game boo game boo. on uh, it doesn't have anything to do with vtubers what site you're searching on no. <laughs> um it's a really nondescript name okay oh and uh what zero recovering uh one sec let me look at my dms with Catherine. <laughs> Uh, we are covering the show, Catherine. Uh, wait, so six through eleven. So we should cover. Oh, sorry. Uh, we're covering Acts five and six, mm-hmm. which is. Oh no! This sucks. How the many? Way the anime is divided up is really messing. Okay, we should cover Acts five, six, and seven. Oh no, that much? It's episodes 6 through 8 of the anime. Because Act 8 is episodes 9 through 11. Oh, and I don't want to do four episodes of anime. Unless you disagree. I'll say it one more time just to get it clean. Okay. We are covering Acts 5 through 7 and episodes 6 through 8 of the anime. Kill me. Don't kill me. I have stuff to do. No, you desire eternity. I desire eternity. I've I've too many things to do.
I was going to say, last I heard, you can't be killed, so. It's true. I have no plans of dying. Uh, yep. This is unlike unlike every villain in in Fate and uh, Type Moon generally. It's just gonna work out for me. Uh huh. <laughs> I believe in you. I can see that halo shining above your head. It means uh-huh. you're immortal. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I almost said immortal unless killed, and then I was like, no, no. It means pretty much immortal. <laughs> People don't die if you're killed. <laughs> One day, let's meet in the digital sea. Yeah, Ben, no one ever kills an anime girl. This is not true. Okay. Uh, Manio, Manio is a girl. hero. Manio is a hero. Kimitsu. Yeah, yeah. Yuama, also a hero. That girl's dead mm-hmm. soon. Still hasn't died yet. Okay, actually, Ben, actually. What? There's one more chapter of that. Of what? Of Kimitsuzu. Oh. I think there's only one more. Let me... How many... Wait, is she dead? I think that there's only one more chapter and she hasn't died. Oh, that'd be... So either she dies that chapter or it's gonna... She has to die! I can't... I don't want to live in a world where we don't get any... Uh, I mean, it could be the thing where she manages to read the story and then uh, she's like smiling and it doesn't like show it. But like, it's like, oh, she's, yeah, this is, this is it. Right. That's fair. But, but you want to see what happens after. Right. I need to see this. Because like there there are two ways that Shizuku goes. And one of them is follows through on committing suicide. Mm. And the other is. Okay, like I have people in my life that mean enough to me that even though I've lost, even though I'm still depressed and have lost the person who meant the world to me, I can like move on. Oh, oh, right. You're talking about the main character, yeah. not the girl who's dying. Of, no. um, but like I need, I need the aftermath of you need to know what happened death to uh-huh. happen. Yeah. Which is like, I wish we were getting another volume. Uh, 
Why are anime girls so fucking hard to kill? <laughs> damn halos, bro. Those damn fucking halos. God. Blue, you don't play Blue Archive, right? No, I keep being tempted into, and this... it's actually kind of fun that I turned the gotcha chat back on because I will watch a conversation and go through the arc every time of just like, you know, this is interesting. Oh, mm-hmm. hey, there's the gotcha stuff I don't want to deal with. Oh, this is interesting. It, oh. There's a bit in uh, Final Volume where the girls are talk- are like flying a like uh, battle jet, basically, or something like that. And they're like, oh, if this thing, if this uh, quantum mechanics thing goes wrong, we'll all be ejected uh, from this plane at terminal velocity from 40,000 feet. It could kill us. Uh, the like, our bodies could only survive about two minutes of the- all the fluids inside boiling. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow. <laughs> It's really funny. <laughs> There's some sturdy <laughs> fucking girls. <laughs> How long do you think you could survive all of the uh, fluids in your body boiling, Blue? I think I could get a good I 30 mean, seconds. My name says blood, so I've got plenty of it. I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is this actually a detriment? Because too much blood means more boiling. Um, hmm. I guess the issue is that I'd have trouble cooling off after. Mm. Yeah, you, you heat up so much. The more water you heat up, the longer it takes to cool off. I guess that's more surface area, so I'd have to, like, spread it out somehow. They should do, like, <laughs> Halo-style orbital drops of these anime girls. Hell yeah. <laughs> What's up, Fen? You're looking... I, okay, I clicked on the... the uh not randomly but uh like unintentionally clicked on the shimeji simulation page uh-huh in any list game boo is one of the recommendations game club yeah oh, and yeah. i need to read that <laughs> read game club it's pretty good Wait, which one oh <laughs> um, it's a, it's a it's a manga about uh kids in a video game club <laughs> yeah yeah but uh Hey, why is it recommended for Shimeji Simulation? It's not, it's not uh, uh, like Shimeji Simulation in that uh, no one's going to become the Demiurge. No. But, but it's definitely, vibes-wise, definitely in keeping. Yeah, I need to read more of it. Because it's like... It. I'm going to reread it. We have to do it your ET time on it. Um, yeah, we could do that in Peregrine's is... second episode. Off of VTubers? Hmm? Game Club Project was a group of virtual YouTubers operated by blah, 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 blah. It's definitely not that one. <laughs> okay. No, I'll post it in. Controversy. Oh, yeah. Look at these. Look at these weird little creature girls. What? Uh, I'm just looking at their portraits. Oh, the Game Club girl portraits. Full of anger. It's <laughs> liars. <laughs> Oh yeah, that art's great. Oh, uh, she's she is full of anger. Uh huh. I'm a big fan of uh, of Yukina, the 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 club president. Mm hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Where were we? What were we doing? How long? How how far in are we? Hour twenty. It only took an hour twenty, huh? Uh, this is going to be a short episode. This is going to... Yep. What's our shortest episode ever? It's one something, Ben. Okay. So we're going to definitely yeah. not make shortest episode ever. But, you know, if we if we hurry this up, we could probably get out of here in two hours. <laughs>